How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Now, on today's episode, I I was I was pleased to have a little company here in the shop. I had a, a good friend from Chicago come down, and he's got his girlfriend with him. They're doing a little little week vacation down to the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, and you know, Angel's a great pal. He never he never passes through town without stopping in and saying hi. And uh, I ended up talking the two of them into staying here last night. And so we busted out the recording equipment, you know, drank better part of a case of beer, had some pizza, and talked about quite a bit of stuff. Now, we recorded about two hours of the conversation here. Uh, it went on much, much longer than that. But truth is, uh, we were getting pretty drunk. I'm not gonna lie. You know, this whole three beers deep thing. Uh, if you if you talk more than about two hours while we're hanging out, having a good time in the easy peasy shop, it's only a matter of time before before it catches up to you and you start start getting a little little silly, shall we say? Um, so you know, we only recorded like I said about two hours. We were getting good and tipsy by then, and figured you know let's turn off the recorder and just hang out normally uh, for a while. So didn't quite get all of it here, but what we did record, I thought I thought there was a lot of good stuff in here. So I hope you enjoy it. You know, if, if you lose interest halfway, no worries. You know, it's a long conversation. Uh, so anywho, I, I, I just figure I'll let it speak for itself. Easy podcast, y'all. So... Give us your names. I'm Angle. <laughs> I'm Hell. <laughs> Yo, why you gotta tell people my real name? You don't know this shit. Yes. And? I'm Lena. Say again. I'm Lena. Lena. L-E. N-N. That's a cool name. I've never met a Lena. Well, you know, depending on what we say here tonight, I can always edit your names out. You can always make or it Lena. I'll say Lena. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more than a couple of folks have been uh, have chosen to be anonymous on this show, so I I wouldn't blame you either way. Yeah, we're like you said, depending on what we share here. Yeah, your yeah. real name could be Angle. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's almost more of a giveaway. There's a lot of angels out there, but there might not be too many that go by Angle. So if anything, it should be just, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually Angel. Let's do that again. Hi, I'm Angel. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. It's on the record. Well, how's the old truck running, man? Dude, she's fine. I had to take her to a mechanic a couple times. Um, I don't know if I told you about either, but... So, the three bolts that were fucking set in there that I broke when we were doing the, uh, the water pump here, mm-hmm. um, those did end up being a problem. There ended up being a leak in there. So I took it into a shop. It was overheating on me. And uh, I was like, okay, let's let's fucking take her in. I don't want to spend a couple of days doing this whole job all over again, plus drilling these things out because I know that's going to be it. I might as well just go make my money and drop it off to somebody. So I did, and it it was not cheap. It was maybe twelve hundred bucks at the end of the day to get everything done. He replaced the gaskets and he replaced the pump again, a handful of other things that got in the way. Um, but I guess while they were doing it, uh, they fucked up part of the exhaust, like. So when they gave it back, sure, it wasn't overheating, but it was like the noisiest that truck has ever been. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even make it around the block before I got back, and I was like, hey, dude, 
this is fucked up. Yeah, like yeah. you need to do something about this. And then he quoted me, and I was like, well, I think it'd be around this much. And I was like, no, man, here's the thing, though. This was not an issue when I brought it in. It's not like this was a secondary thing that I was ignoring. This just wasn't a problem when I dropped it off. So right. this is on you guys, and I want something to be done about it. I was kind of heated. And he could tell, and he was like, hey, man, like, just so you know, I really don't like when people get like upset with me, and I'm not saying that that's, you know, you're not getting loud with me or anything, so I hear you, but I want people to be happy whenever they leave you know, the shop and that they can recommend me to other people so come on by as soon as you can and i'll take care of this and i was like all right great so i was running fine you know rode around town a lot of shit for a couple weeks and then i took it in and uh i gave him like a 24-hour notice i was like yo i'll come by tomorrow and drop it off i'm sure i'll be here and then within 24 hours of me dropping it off he calls me back and he goes hey the truck's ready i was like no shit originally he told me like this might be a few days sure. right and uh i get there and um Oh, actually, yeah, this happened on the phone call, too. I was like, well, let me know. How much do I owe you? And he goes, don't worry about it. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it was, it was just about $100 in parts, and it took me two or three hours of my time. You made it right. Don't worry about it. And I was yeah, like, fuck yeah. yeah, you're my guy. And now I'm going to put them on to everybody. Fucking Delgado's on Western. If you need, you got some carnies in Chicago, take them to the man and ask for him. Well, that's, how you, get, that's how you get customer loyalty. Yeah, yeah, man. And that's how you get to trusting your mechanic. And now I know that's that's where I'll go. Right. Um, Hopefully, I don't need her to go into a shop for anything in the near future, you know, but apart from that, she's been great. She's been great. Well, it's like, I don't know if you've been here since uh, that time where we were doing your breaks, but uh, I just remember having a fucking ball working on your truck. Yeah, man. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but like, we were basically splitting our time between working on your truck, working on a project for me. Was that when we were doing the... Was when doing the pergola. Pergola. Actually, yeah, yeah, that is. Because then it was afterwards when the water pump thing happened, and that was me on my way to Bloomington mm. that it overheated, and I was all of seven miles down the road. So I just like puts back here, and that's when I spent a couple days yeah, yeah, when yeah. I lifted. But yeah, when we were doing the pergola, that was that was when we were doing breaks. Well, it worked out so good. Like we, I remember we basically didn't hardly have to exchange any money. Right. Because like I helped right. you, you helped me, and uh, got you back on the road. We got badass yeah um yeah so i'm glad to have you back it's like last time you were here was definitely when it was still like warm weather right this is like probably similar time it's probably been almost a year i'd say it was yeah almost and, exactly uh, a year there's something about sitting in the easy peasy shop with angel drinking beer smoking what we you know smoking what we smoke <laughs> and uh and you know hanging out in the scheme right 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 <laughs> Yeah. But it's good to have, uh, you know, Lena here. Lena? Yeah, Lena. Lena. <laughs> I'm going to struggle. You'll see. I yeah, mean, yeah, you know, yeah. by the end of the podcast, I'll tell you which one to go with. <laughs> so how did y'all meet each other? Uh, we met the uh, the new fashion way online. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then physically at a, a little shitty bar uh, in Bridgeport where she stays. Yeah. It's like, uh, it seems to me to be like the little neighborhood cop bar. The station's it's, right next to it. Yeah, Bridgeport's very, it's very yeah, you're not a cop, are you? No. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you, you've already got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so what do you do? I work at Merchandise Mart. I kind of work as showroom manager, take pictures of products. Okay, so yeah. like retail. Yeah, yeah kind of like retail. It's really small. Um, interior design people are pretty intense and amazing. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I lived with one actually, and uh, he's nice. 
Some of them are great. Nice. I feel like as people, they're probably really nice, but as an industry, I'm like, oh, Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, well, I mean, you get a, you get people with a lot of money, hoping to spend it in a show-offy way. You know, a lot of those things are like she sent me pictures of like a ten thousand dollar chess set. Oh, it's thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems so, a little excessive. Shit yeah. like that. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, buying furniture for my crib, and I'm looking at like a fifty dollar Target lamp, and I'm like, yeah, that'll probably do. And then she's like, oh yeah, I saw this like seven thousand dollar lamp at work today. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we're we're on two different levels, yeah, those folks yeah, and yeah. I, you know. But uh, well, Angel, what? I, I don't even know what you're doing right now. I mean, I think last time you talked to me, you might have told me you got a good gig. That's all about all I remember, though. Yeah. Um, so, about uh, late November, so right around when you got the truck, put it around there, uh, I got in touch with these folks that were up in a pataqueria in, in Chicago and uh, Bucktown. And uh, it's a taqueria for the gringos. Taqueria, yes. A taqueria. We're we're opening up a taqueria on Western (laughs) and uh, making some bomb ass food, man. I had no idea who these people were, but I saw this Craigslist ad and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm in town and I really need a gig. Uh, I've been back for maybe a week or so now, kind of starting to lose my marbles about not having not only a source of income, but just something to do. Yeah. And everything was locked down. I didn't have my own place, so well, and you've there's been, no one for me to see. You've been in the restaurant business like forever. So exactly. That's probably the industry that was hit right. hardest. Right, and it was like one of the things that I know how to do the best. The other, like, really just by time being the ag space, there is no ag space in Chicago. So then it's like out of the two things that I really know how to do, this is the one that I gotta really like put my, uh, you know, I'm gonna put my eggs into that basket. And sure enough, I got a call back, and I was so excited to get a call back in an interview that I forgot what time the motherfucker told me to show up. <laughs> and I, when I called the when I called him back, he wasn't picking up. So I had to find him on Instagram. I still had one at that time. Wait, and I was Oliver? Like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, hey, uh, homie, chef, uh, what time did you say about that interview? I was like, I already fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I showed up, and like they didn't really even ask me about my experience cooking. It was just like, what have you been doing over the last couple of years? Who are you? Mm-hmm. It just kind of helped, you know feel me out as a person um and then yeah we started cooking great reception from day one uh being you know a place to open up in that industry in the middle of a pandemic in a huge city where everything is being locked down was a real hail mary and you know those first few weeks they were struggling to get um a couple different licenses that they needed to open up they were allowed to do the friends and family thing uh because that was free food they weren't selling but in order to be an actual running restaurant, there were a couple more little hoops to, to run through. Um, but like the day that I had my interview, I met the folks that I would then spend the next six to eight months living with. Um, so I got really lucky, man. It was the same day. Like, boom, in the morning I found myself a job and in the evening I found myself an apartment. And the last seven, eight months has basically just been grinding away in this little space, trying to make it happen. A lot of it gets done in-house. Some of it gets done in, uh, you know, the restaurant that this homie already owns, so there's like some processing that he can do there that he can bring over to the other restaurant. And he's opening a opa, open up a spot in the loop with where it's basically just processing. And he does all of the prep work for his other two kitchens. And he can just like once a week, fucking you know, hire a van or buy one. I think just that's how. Out. I think that's how Yats started doing stuff. That makes a lot of yeah. sense, man. Like a central processing. Place. Right, man. Because yeah. a lot of times you hire people and like to have those standards, you're like. No, I might as well just do it myself and pay employees to just like really be line cooks and just put yeah. that out, eat it up at the end of the day. 
Um, but the fantastic thing about that is that also like, and I mean that that location, not just that idea, but um, the owners are really receptive to seeing everybody's individual contributions to that menu. Um, even if it's not like a, a mainstay, um, just special stuff. So that's been something that I've had lots of fun uh, working with, and I've done three or four now smoked mushroom tacos, mm. taking inspiration from like the way that I saw motherfuckers treat lion's mane out west. Uh, there was a homie that I used to love, like eating the way that he prepared a mushroom, which was like in this, uh, he'd use like coconut aminos and smoke it in this pellet smoker, and like that was it. And it was some of the most delicious mushrooms I've ever had because of the mushroom and because of that, what he was using to smoke it. I could see a smoked mushroom being incredible. Incredible. So yeah, like the last one I did was like that, and I made this peach barbecue with like hella Mexican ingredients, but also like taking notes out of how people in the South make it. Yeah, I actually have some, and I'll have to I'll have to share it with you. Sweet. I'll share this barbecue with you. It it really came into its own. One of those things where like it's that kind of sauce that is better after three four days. It sits and then it really becomes its own. Yeah. Like wow, this is so different than it was day one. Um, but it was it was definitely my favorite thing I've ever put on a menu. It was uh, a turmeric tortilla, peach barbecue, smoked fucking uh, what I use king trumpets, which are the big cock looking ones. They're like. <laughs> Super long and strandy, and yeah, I smoked yeah, yeah. them, and then I pulled them, and it was like pulled pork. Is it like the black tips? No, no, they're pretty brown. They're pretty brown, brown tip and a white chef. And a white chef. Yes, it's a thick white. It's a very cocky mushroom. There's there's some there's some phallic mushroom. Oh, oh most of them. I'd say. Do you have yeah. that book? Summer chodes. Yeah, yeah. Let it you get have to it? me. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll bring that out later. I've got a, a mushroom ID guide, mostly um, yeah. you know, edibles versus uh, not versus, but a section on edibles and a section on the poisonous ones. Um, Super fun book. They're hoping to, to spot some mushrooms in the gorge here tomorrow. So, well, so, yeah, I, I would think that maybe the listeners would be interested to hear sort of your um, history in the food world. Um, if you can give like a quick sure. rundown, because I know it's been like you, you mentioned that it's mostly been restaurants, but you've done some work in the organic farming world. Um, so, give us a quick rundown. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, it was my first gig. It was doing shit like that. I worked on a cattle ranch throughout my years in high school. Every summer I'd go out there. And that was rad, you know, um, learning to shoot guns, learning to herd cattle, be on horseback. I learned how to drive out there. All, all kinds of shit that, like, I wanted to do at that age that I got to do. Um, and it was super fun, and that just put a bug in my ear about, like, being in the ag space. And, I, you know, I eventually, you know, went to school, went to college, was wasting my time and money going to business school and then eventually nursing school and the whole time I was cooking and I was like that's that's what's you know paying the bills and at some point I was like hey man you enjoy this shit it is paying the bills why not just focus on that um and then you know after a while of working and getting to some spots where they were appreciating local produce like feast that's where I made my connection of like gathering the two and being able to be a part of both so I was you know working at feast for Erica and then going to Bryn Roses and helping you guys out in, in Salem and Jonah um Jonas, sorry, holy fuck, my homie's name is Jonah, and I've been saying that way too much. Oh, shit, he's going to hear this and be like, oh, you motherfucker. This is the first person I saw when I got in the back of the Bloomington from, like, years. As soon as I parked at City Hall, I get out, and I see him, and I was like, what? He goes, like, you? And I was like, you? Really? For real? Um, so that was great. But, yeah, that was kind of when it, like, kicked off in the way that I saw it being fulfilling and, and got to be a part of both, you know, like, it was wonderful going out there and helping y'all build garden beds and then, you know, planting whatever it was, tomatoes, and then recognizing an individual tomato, or like sometimes being the guy that came back into town with deliveries for restaurants, and then I'd save the best for us, mm. and then go in there the next day and cook them. That was so rewarding. So ever since then, I was like, no, I want to be um, 
as much in town and as much in country as, as I possibly can for the rest of my fucking days. I want that balance of being in a high volume kitchen and then being on a farm, you know. Was was Salem even paying you? No, when I started out at first, that right? first year I would just go out there pro bono on Mondays yeah. and I'd come back with some veggies for myself and that was that. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd volunteer maybe six hours a week or so, you know. And just I mean, I've mentioned this place before, but for the listeners, like this is where I lived on site. So you and I knew each other in college. It's funny, like our paths have just continued to like meander and cross each other's like yeah. every so often since you know twenty thirteen or something, and uh, coming up on ten years of knowing you. Yeah, shit. dude, doesn't feel like it, right? Uh, but no, man, I'm I'm stoked. You got a good gig up there. How's Chicago though? Is it crazy right now? Like it's really not, man. And I like. For a second thought that shit might be a little bit weird when i got back initially there were still some protests happening um those have died off um people still hate the mayor nothing's changed <laughs> well that's i guess uh, i'm not even referring <laughs> to protests at this point like i guess in a COVID sense or just in a general sense in a general sense uh, like i've been noticing i think grocery stores around here are starting to look a little sparse again i'm it really hasn't been that I don't know. In the loop, it's weird because, I mean, people are putting their masks on more. And they did that state mandate thing again. That's true. Yeah. Well, and I know that, like, violent crime is up in Indy quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a spike in Chicago there for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, how, how shut down has Chicago been, I guess? It's been, so they rolled it out fairly... Um, What's the word? I think it was an appropriate way, the way that they rolled out, like, coming back to full capacity. Um, and what they've done since then is that everything has stayed at full capacity, but they're just enforcing um, things like mask mandates a little bit more. Um, I know New York is one of these cities, and Chicago will probably follow suit, where, like, to get into certain places, you need to have proof of vaccination. Um, and I know that in a lot of different parts of the country, that's going to be looked at completely differently. I feel like in New York, for the most part, um, people are on board. Uh, in Chicago, I think, again, most people would be on board. Um, and I've met a lot of people that kind of turned and, and there was something in their lives that made them want to get it at some point who were vehemently opposed to it first. Um, be it the FDA saying that, like, you know, they're approving of it, or be it um, having a close family member that passed, or something like that, you know, something that was just like, okay, this is close enough to me. Um, and I'm happy for that, for people in a big city, you know. I've been thinking and kind of like saying this forever. If you live in a little town where it's never been there and you only see those people, yeah, I can see why you would say there's no fucking need for this. Like, it's literally not here. Um, but in a, in a city of, of 3 million plus people, you're talking 5 million with the metro, I think it makes a lot of sense for people to, to be about that. And if you don't want to, then sure. But, like, much in the same vein, um, a business should be allowed to say, like, you know, this is who, this is, this is my rule for if you want to come in or not. You have that personal choice because it is your fucking body. You can do that or you cannot do that. In much in the same manner, a person can be like, it's my body, it's my business. So these are my rules. Um, but also it's like, just don't be in a big city if you don't like it. Because when I went home, it was like, right. it was so chill. Everything was open. Everything's more spread out. Yeah. Of course, that's easier. Population said. density is everything. Easier said than done, though. A lot of people don't. Have the means to move. Um, 
but I agree with you. You gotta, you can move to freedom. That's the. But like to bitch about it, to be bitching about it, and then to. (laughs) Well, so I guess I'm 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 super against the passports, right? Personally. Oh, the vax passport. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and that's where like, you know, providing proof, right, to go to places, but you know, it scares the living daylights out of me, frankly. I feel that. I do. I do. Because it's like, it's, I don't see them ever taking that power away after they've given it to themselves, you know? And, and I'm just, do what you gotta do there, ain't hell. You getting more beer? I sure am, I'll get you more. <laughs> Did you call him Ain't Hell? Ain't Hell. Ain't Hell, as my coach used to call him. Anal. Anal, I got that one. There's so many different Um, are, are the beers over here? They're in the big fridge, I got a big fridge now. Oh, hell yeah. Yo, that's a big man fridge. Yeah, it's. I bought it like four months ago. And Is it like a double door or like a drawer one? It's a single door. Well, it's top, top freezer, bottom fridge. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a small, like two thirds size. But <laughs> I bought it like three months ago, and guess what? It's still fucking empty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, empty. Like sometimes you don't need. Well, you know what goes in there? It's beer. It's leftovers. It's probably fresh food. Like I don't know. Sometimes I have an empty fridge, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna buy what I need for the week yeah. to get through it. That's how I feel. No, I'm terrible. Even though my whole business is in like fresh, local, organic food, I never cook for myself hardly ever. I make you, breakfast. Do you uh, even do you like eat some of the produce though that you have access? Yeah, to? but not as much as I could or should. <laughs> I think that's a funny thing that, to see in basically every industry where like you spend so much time doing something. Yeah. By the time you get home at the end of the day, you're like, the last thing I want to do is more of that. Well, it's like the they call it like the shoemaker's daughter phenomenon. Like the shoemaker's daughter has no shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna yeah, use that. Like the mechanic's car never runs, right? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> the best chefs in the world eat at McDonald's. You yeah, know, like. Yeah. 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 I'm going home. The last thing I want to do after spent ten dollars, ten hours, like, oh, I love them by the pound, dude. Like, uh, and and that's one of the reasons why I fucking love Chicago. I've said this, and I'm biased as fuck, right? But I have seen most of this country, and I will say that it is one of the cities with the best fast food that I've ever fucking been to, and like fast food in a way that like has pride. It's because it's fast. It's it's just like it's given to you quickly after you order it, but that doesn't mean that the ingredients that your dish took, whatever it may be, weren't made in house. Doesn't mean that they weren't made from really high quality ingredients yeah. um, and sourced in an appropriate manner. And that's how I feel about like this joint that I'm working at right now. And it's one of the one of the reasons why I stand by it. You know, it's it's tacos and sure they're pricey, yeah. but um, at the end of the day, it's really good food, and that's it. Well, and. For me, it's like since I eat out, since I eat out so many meals, I do I, I have ethics about where I choose to eat. Totally. And um, yeah, vote with like, your I've got my go-to pub that I spend you know a decent bit of money at. You know, that's where I eat three, four, or five nights a week. And and I've got a couple other little local spots that I really like. And if I have to get like a Jimmy John sandwich, I'll do that. But you know, it's like I've kind of cut out all other like chains. You know. Yeah. Totally. I just don't want, unless it's a local chain, like, yeah, it's in which case, yeah. like, I'm on it. Oh, those are the best, man, because yeah, those yeah. are the ones that actually have enough money to give back to their community in a way, you know, like, a lot of those small mom-pop shops, they're just trying to, like, make it by, 
you know. But I guess the point is, you can find like a nine dollar meal that's a local business. Absolutely. Instead of spending absolutely at McDonald's. Exactly, man. Yeah, that's a perfect fucking example. Like, fucking a block away from my favorite burger joint in the entire city is a McDonald's. And there's been times when I like get over to the McDonald's because I know it's there and it's quick, and I almost have to slap myself. I'm like, bro, you could spend like three more dollars and get the best cheap little double fucking cheeseburger. This is Red Hot. I've ever had in my fucking life, yes. Shout out to Red Hot Ranch. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so I I go for that all fucking day. That's such a good name too. Red Hot Ranch, yeah. It's like right on other train tracks and like, (laughs) it's so fucking loud. They like, they offer um, earplugs for if you want to eat outside. (laughs) That's cool. That's so accommodating. I know, dude, it's like, I, I used to like, go by there and before I noticed that like that was a thing that was an option up at the counter I was like who is this sadistic animal that's eating a hot dog <laughs> under this 195 Chicago. fucking decibel train and it's 97 degrees outside like you're out of your mind bud and then I saw that I was like okay kind of makes sense um, but yeah shout out to them again great burger um, and, and fuck yeah supporting your, your local spots man there's there's a million of them in that city and, and it sucks that a lot of them didn't survive the last like six months yeah. nine months but some but the ones new that ones did, came up and yeah. really good and the it's ones true, that did man true. are doing it right well you know and there's something to be said for like yeah it was a rough year but like the cream does tend to rise to the top it right? sure did yep. and uh it's just new it's just like people had stuff. to adapt yeah. and survive so those that survived you know like earn their spot in the future right and I've, I've i've got the belief that like when it comes to local sustainable food systems and like building resilient food systems restaurants not only are they important like the local restaurant like and we should support it but like basically they've been the leaders when it comes to local you know, quality regenerative agriculture because right. if it wasn't for these farm to fork restaurants most of these farmers could have never ever gotten started right. so right you know, especially now that, like, we have this past year, you know, the farmers are struggling, the restaurants are struggling, so. Yep. How's it been, like, business-wise, I guess, for your restaurant there? It's been fantastic. Good, um, good. The, so, I will say this, business has been incredible. The support from the community has been surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all, you know, been able to pay our bills every month since yeah. we started, uh, and the owners, I think, are are functioning in in such a caring way about their employees sure. not to get down to numbers because like not just because we're recording this but for general like i don't know just because i don't want to air out you know too much of somebody else's shit. yeah um third let's just say a lot of their money goes to to labor yeah almost a disproportionate amount which we're also happy about but it's like disproportionate Compared but, to yeah. most other relative to the rest of the relative rest of to the industry, but it's also exactly. like based on their, you know, what they can do. Exactly, and it's like a a new spot. B it it is fucking expensive rent because it is in the neighborhood that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also really popular, so it's like exactly, and and what they're hoping for is like that that popularity will stay there, and that's what will make them money in the long run. Well, and like having good staff is the glue that holds it all together. Absolutely, man. Yeah, when you have a crew that gets down and has so much fun, mm-hmm. it makes people want to be there, not just for the food, but for the environment. Um, we have literally zero seats. I don't know if I ever told you this, <laughs> but when we opened up, I was like, guys, I can't be the only one thinking this, but this is like, for me, I think it was either the third or fourth opening day I've been a part of for a restaurant, and I was like, this is the first one 
we've opened and we have zero chairs. We didn't have an outside dining space yet because it was the middle of fucking winter. Yeah. And we had no spots to sit inside. I was like, what kind of fucking restaurant is this? Yeah. There are no seats. Like, I got tired like after that. a day and I was like, I want to sit down. Yeah. I can't. No. We don't have a chair. Not allowed. We don't yeah. own a chair. Yeah, yeah, As a restaurant, yeah. we don't own a fucking chair. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I hope this works. Three that's months later, like line out the fucking door. I was like, oh, I think my lucky stars. Oh, All over a taco, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but really good. Like handmade masa, um, hand-pressed tortillas, really good ingredients. Like, man, killer food. Killer, killer food. Yeah. One thing that, like, I would say the only demographic that has really given us problems, surprisingly enough, has been, like, that 40, 50-year-old uh, Latino male. No, the Latino male. The white man sees tacos and he's like, I don't give a fuck. I want to try this new taco joint. Dog, tacos are delicious. We all know this. You can eat them once and if you don't like them, you fuck off and you never give them another dollar again, right? But like the Latino men who have like been growing around the taco for their whole lives and they're used to paying a dollar for each one, see $5, $6 for an asada taco. And they're like, who the fuck do you think you are, buddy? <laughs> yeah. They're like, how many come in an order? And we're like, oh, that's a la carte. And they're like, the fuck is a la carte? Like, I don't speak French. Oh, like, I'm Mexican, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, they give yeah. you that look, and it's just Uno. like, yeah, por uno. And he's like, por uno, wait, no mames. Like, I'll go next door where they're fucking 250. And I'm like, But that's the same that's taco your... you're talking about? It's a whole different taco. It's a taco. different taco, and yes, you're yeah. welcome to. But, like, people will have, like, two, and they're like, God damn, this is a good taco. They're on fucking, But uh, they're also substantial. It's not a shit. Right. It's not like the 250 taco where it's, like, right. two or three bites. This is, like, a five, six plus bite. Taco. Exactly. It's a hearty one. Like, I will fill up on two. Anywho. Those do not. The main thing that, like, this whole fucking, like, example of a man was leading me to is that, like, the way that I feel like I have to phrase this and why it's permissible to sell at that uh, money amount is, like, it's almost more of a, a... uh, and a moral thing to me is like, why wouldn't you say that anybody's culture, as far as their food, is worth more than another? Mm-hmm. You know, like that is something that I've always had an issue with. Like, why is an Italian, why is a night out to get, get Italian food something that you're okay with spending $150 on for you and your lady, but for some reason the Mexicans don't deserve $20 for a fucking plate of tacos? Like, yo, you know, uh, that that kind of like hits a chord with me because. At the end of the day, like, what makes food great? Somebody that makes it with love, who cares for their ingredients, and who really wants to be doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. <clears throat> well, the whole concept of, like, you're charging too much, right? I, I talked about this in, you know, at length. Um, I actually got interviewed on a different podcast. It's coming out tomorrow. Right on. Um, it's called Living Free in Tennessee. Really mm-hmm. cool gal. I met her at a conference a couple months ago. I'll tell you about this conference in a minute because it, it was the coolest shit. Um, God, we got so much to catch up on. But Absolutely. <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we were talking about this concept of, like, it's okay to charge a premium premium price for a premium product. Like, uh, she sells coffee. She, she roasts coffee. And it's super high quality, you know, shit. And she charges $20 a pound. And it's like, yeah, you, you go to Kroger, you can get it for six ninety nine a pound. But sure, like, you're gonna taste six ninety nine coffee. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna taste that twenty a pound. And when you make enough coffee out of that, you know, however many cups you get out of that pound, you know, the, the people that go and spend, you know, six bucks a day at Starbucks, it doesn't even come close. You know, like right. they're still spending you know, leaps and bounds more. So you might as well buy good shit if you're gonna drink it at home. Yep. And uh, way better than Starbucks, right? 
you know, the same goes for everything. Same goes for what I do. Like, you know, yeah, you're, you're buying basically some sticks of wood and some dirt for a couple thousand bucks, but you know what? It's some fine dirt and it's some fine sticks of wood. Yes, sir. They're not going nowhere. <laughs> you know? They're not going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, it's like charge what you want to charge. It's not about what you need to charge. Right. Charge what you what you can, and right. like if people buy it, like Man. that's it. My sister's in an industry where she has that same kind of thing, and it's much more like your your style uh, than mine, where she's got clients, right? Individual people that she services, and they come in to see her. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, she's talked to me. She was just telling us recently about how. There's been times when she has a customer that gives her a terrible time and she says, you know what, I'm not going to charge you my standard rate. I'm going to charge you a little bit more just because fuck you. And because maybe you'll you'll get the hint and you won't look for me anymore. Like You could go to anybody. She's not going to turn you away, but like this is my way of doing it. And for the people that I really love, it's free. It's 20% off. It's 50% off. But for you pieces of shit out there that make it hard for everybody, how about I charge it double? It's called the, it's called the PETA fee. I like that. Yeah, the PITA fee. Yes. Pain oh. in the ass. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I, you ought to charge it. <laughs> dude, I had this lady, and goddamn, was she a pain in the ass. <laughs> and she was giving me, like, I'd already decided I was never going to do another job for her. Because, you know, like, I built her this fence around the garden that I built her. And, you know, she wanted the best looking fence she could get, but she did not want to spend any money. She was like, I told her like four, four, four fifty to five hundred bucks ish, right? And she's like, "Okay, we can. We, I suppose we can do that." It's like, dude, you have no idea how hard. That's I not that much on a fucking fence. Get out of here. Yeah, do it yourself at that. I mean, point. it's not a huge fence. It's like maybe 25, 30 feet long. I don't. I don't care how fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're not asking too much. Yeah, it's literally like, as yeah. reasonable as it gets, it's and reasonable. I'm using cedar like. I got creative no. to get to that number, but it's still a high quality fence. And she was giving me a hard time about every little fucking detail along the way, like you know, work, you know, watching over my shoulder while I work, which is never fun. I hate that. And, you can't uh, get anything done. Yeah. No, yeah, it totally slows you down. And then you know, I finally get the bill to her, and it's like five forty nine, right? It's like fifty bucks over my estimate, and she's like. She she threw a fit and I was like, look, the price is what the price is. I'm not budging. Like, and don't she make me, it harder than it needs to be. She gave me a hard time because she's like, I spent like almost three hundred dollars with you earlier in the season, and this dude. Okay, so she wanted to like get some fresh compost to fill up her garden with, and uh, and she insisted. She's like, it has to be certified organic compost. I'm like, you know. That's hard to kill money. That's hard to find, and it's not cheap. No, I'm like I'm like I searched this whole town and found the best bulk compost <coughs> supplier. Like it's good stuff. They they it's well mixed. It's well cooked. You know, it's a good blend of you know horse manure and yard scraps and food scraps and you know it's all the good stuff. And and I'm trying to sell her on the idea. I'm like I can get you a half a yard of this shit for fifteen bucks. Right. Or I can get you the bags of, of certified organic compost. Right, for 20 bucks a fucking bag. For literally. Oh, oh yeah. No, I've seen it. It was like 220 bucks worth of fucking compost. Yeah. And 
I was just like, she's giving me a hard time. I'm like, I, I put my foot down. You know, this was all over text, which I hate to do, but she, she started it. You know, she started it. And uh, so I was just like, I sent this text where I'm like, I laid it all out. I'm like, the price is non-negotiable. You know, that $300 charge before was from this fucking certified organic shit that you made me buy. You know, if I can remind you, like, I tried to talk you into the $15 option. And, uh, right. and like, I, I said something to the effect of, like, I'm sorry this didn't seem to work. I wish you the best. You can mail the check to this address. And uh, that's that, you know. I actually got a reference out of her, shockingly. I'm kidding. Her wow. brother-in-law called me, and I went and met with him. <laughs> and uh, and he was a super nice guy, and I, like, did the whole, you know, consult. Didn't talk about, you know, this woman at all. And uh, at the very end, at the very end, I was just like, you know, hey, I feel like I kind of need to, like, address the fact that, like, you know, Suman and I's relationship like didn't kind of work out you know she, she was kind of a stickler with price and I came out over budget a couple times like I'll be totally honest like that was the situation right um, right that's you know I told him I was like that's why I do estimates I do my very best blah 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 yeah and uh, and he looked at me he's like yeah I knew something about that and, don't worry it's <laughs> 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 like yeah. I feel like he knew her and he was like, well, she's probably good. Yeah, You're just being yeah. extra. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm like, cool. I'm going to lose her and gain you. Like, I can do that. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but no, I guess uh, I am curious. Like, I don't want to like bring it to fucking COVID, but that's what it is, right? Sometimes we talk about that nowadays. That's what it is. I'm um, glad it's just less than it was three months ago or six months ago when it was like literally the only thing people could talk about. I know, I know. Obviously, we haven't seen each other in a while, so it's going to make it easier for us to talk about other shit and whatever we've been doing, but yeah, man, it's still yeah. top of mind. It's still the topic. Well, my whole thing at the moment is obviously like, I'm, 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 like I already said, I don't like the idea of half fourth. I don't like the idea of like two classes of people, right? Right. And the enforcement of that and the checking of papers and all this. You know, it's like the dugout, or not the dugout, I'm sorry, the dugout's the bomb. Uh, the blockhouse down in Bloomington, right? They started asking for proof. Mm. And so were you, I mean, you were almost saying earlier that it sounded like you almost like are okay with that kind of thing. I mean, I don't mind if somebody wants to say that, yeah. Like, theoretically, I'm okay with like private bid businesses doing what they wish. Yeah, oh, I know where you're coming from, okay? Like, I'm reading between the lines, I feel you. And I, I kind of do fear that kind of thing, too. Um, like you said earlier, like, once you give that power away, when do you determine to, you know, when when does that thing no longer happen? And to me, it's like the idea of herd immunity. And it could happen two ways. It's either you let it run its course and certain, you know, enough people get it and you are just immune that way, or everybody gets vaccinated. Um, the issue with like when some people do it and some people don't as far as I've heard and seen from like people in the industry right people who are in the medical industry is that uh, that's when you get like the potential for the most like heinous of a mutation because like it's still going around and it's like okay so a person that like doesn't have this vaccine is more likely to get this thing whether it is the regular one or the mutation but if they don't have any kind of resiliency to it that mutation is already stronger. So it's like if, if the regular one was going to fuck you up and you have no protection against it, then those variants afterwards are going to really fuck you up. And then there's also like just the general idea of how like this isn't the first time in, in history 
when a vaccination has been rolled out for something that was killing millions of people. Like, thankfully, we don't have fucking polio anymore because it ran its course. And what did they do to speed up that fucking running of its course? They vaccinated people. And then, like, that's fine. And, like, I do I do absolutely understand when somebody's like, I don't want to get this. I I feared it before I got it, right? I did end up getting it. And um, and then at some point I was like, yo, like, how many people have gotten COVID and how many have died from them? A lot, right? How many people have gotten this vaccine? How many have had, like, adverse effects? There was, like, 10 or 12, and then it got national fucking headlines. It wasn't 100,000. Like, 100,000 people were fucking getting infected and a you know, a thousand people were dying a day, literally, in Chicago for a while. There has been, like, zero people a day dying in Chicago who got the vaccination. So it's just, like, there's the proof to me now after seeing it, you know? Like, beforehand, I was, yes, yeah, skeptical. Now, like, seeing it, I got vaccinated. Probably I was one of, like, the last ones at work. I was months after everyone else. Because I was, like, I'm going to wait this shit out and see. I'm going to let y'all be the fucking lab rats, be the first wave, see how you do. And when they were all good, and I started seeing, like, my skeptical homies, like, get it, too, I was like, you know what? I think I got to follow suit. And, like, yeah. So, I mean, all that, I hear you. That's, it's all, like, I get the argument. My thing is, like, if you look at what's happening in Australia right now, and New Zealand, and even in Canada, pretty fucking draconian. Like, cops in the streets people, man. Mm. You know, and I just don't like the way this shit's going. I'm happen. not aware of that situation, man. You that's that's kind of scary. Just like I could maybe show you a couple things, sure, or whatever. But like, it's just pretty fucking eerie. Like, and I don't even like. I'm not even like anti-shot, you know. But I'm pretty fucking pissed off about the idea of having to show. Right. Ever, like ever to anyone. Yeah. Could so be elitist. On, so okay, so but yeah. I'm, it's, it's I'm a, on board with that too. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a way to impose a two, I see that two class system. I see that. And so now my whole thing is right. We're at like sixty percent vaccination, you know, in our country. That's what they say. And fifty uh, something percent. And uh, you're gonna like throw like this whole like thing into the system just like when we're already at that like point of like we're close right like you're gonna like fuck shit up for another 20% of the population like to get the shot you're gonna change everything because that last 30% they're not gonna budge never never budge never the more this kind of shit goes on the less they will budge and I am that guy I'm that guy at this point I'm like the more force that gets used to try to make me do this, the more I will just say, you know, you know, on principle, not I, not even out of practicality. So I'm like, I'm just, to me, it's like, it's, it's a really shitty kind of situation because you're at this gridlock situation, this, this head-to-head, like, mm-hmm. and what the fuck do we do from here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said it from the start, like, don't appeal... Don't don't try to force anything down anybody's throat. Like appeal right. to their right. altruistic nature and their rational, you know, brain. Mm-hmm. And the more you try to use the stick or the carrot, the more pissed off they're gonna get. You know. Well, because so, it's just like you're just giving them an ultimatum. 
Right, right. You put someone in the corner, they're gonna fucking fight, buddy. So I just think it's really bad leadership. I think yeah. it's really bad psychology. Yeah, I think man. It's really bad policy. I think it's fucking dangerous. I think people are people in power are being super careless with people's emotions. I like, said this fucking a year ago, man, and I'm sure I told you even like in those times when we hung out six nine months ago, whatever it was, like my biggest fear the entire time. From the first day I heard that fucking COVID was a thing, immediately, I was like, I am more afraid of the social consequences of all this than the biological ones from day one. Well, because the social it's ones will impact a... the biological ones. Exactly. Too. Like, they go hand in hand, but this fucking brain that we got up here for some reason just takes over, and it's just like, sometimes you're fucking not even good to yourself, right? You're just like, because this is what my mind wants. Literally, that's like addiction, right? If we're so bad at fucking, people are fucking bad at regulating themselves. How are you going to try to fucking regulate a society like that? Like, no, you can't be forcing that. Like, absolutely, I hear you, I'm on board. And there's a fucking great, it's the same way as like, this is so fucking different and I'm talking out my ass here, but it makes me think of like bad and good parenting, right? You can teach somebody the way, or you can fucking make someone do something. And like, at that point, like, what is, maybe they did the right thing, but you did the wrong thing, getting them there. And how, what what is learned at the end of the day? Nothing. It's like, yeah. Who am I to even say what's right or wrong? I'm just saying what Same. I feel. Same, and that's where I am. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I have, I have literally no animosity for anyone that like got that shot, and that's why it's a little upsetting just to like have that animosity like fixated on you when it's like, yeah. man, I, I ain't trying to fuck your day up. Right. You know, like, like I'm, I'm not sorry. Like, but like, you want me to be sorry? Like, you know, it's just a bad situation. Yeah. And I think it's one more example of like literal like intentional you know the division of, of people intentionally by the powers that be whether that's whatever whatever like I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy guy I think right. these things are all just systems based like this is an ebb and flow of, of collective emotion right. I'd like to see how other countries well, handle that man honestly well, so that's more collectively definitely more collectively yeah well you, you can't you can't ignore the fact that you, the United States is a unique culture and therefore like it, yeah. it, it's apples and oranges to anywhere else uh, yeah in a lot of ways yeah but you're right in a lot of senses this country is is very different in different places almost to the point where it is uh, you know like the language is the one thing that unifies us mm -hmm. but it does feel like you're in a different place depending on where you are and can we just like admit that we're the fattest like by far so like our numbers we're always gonna be like, we talked about this no last time we hung out, and yeah, we were yeah. I was so, remember being so on board with that. All these, like, all these other things aside, like I am paying very close attention to like, you know, there other countries, right? So like Israel, highest one of the highest vaccination rates. Their new cases are going through the roof. Like how come? You know, versus apparently Romania, twenty five percent vaccinated, almost no new. And I confirmed this is stuff I heard and then did, right. did some digging into it. It looks like it checks out. Right. And um, so it's like you can't help but be like, wait. So, and they're telling us, they're admitting that like the, the vaccine is not as effective as it was. Like you need to get a third one. Exactly. It's not a booster. It's the same shot. It's, it's the, the same fucking thing a third time. Right. And where does it end? And like, is there a cumulative effect on your body from this stuff? You know, these are the questions they're like refusing to address. 
And it's just so, like, I can't, it's, it's, it's a little bit, like, emotionally, yeah. myself, I've felt backed into a corner by, like, yeah. a large number of people I know, personally, yeah. that have been, like, bah, 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 bah. And it's, like, that has never happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, disheartening to see people treat each other this way, you know? And when there's so many unknowns, and it's just like, man, people need to just like back off and let each other figure it out. I will never be okay with those cards, though, man. I I, I made a post the other day. I was like, if you know, it was the day that the FDA approved it, because that's all anybody was talking about. And uh, I got multiple texts being like, all right, what you gonna do now, you know? And so I made a post and I said, if I get it, I'm not telling none of you. And I'm burning my card. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. And and like I think that's a pretty reasonable stance to take. Absolutely. Know? So like okay. it's also based on a lot of the fuck trust. alone, dude. Like, and yeah. there's like the that's... whole thing about how big this country is and it's just mm. like it's less manageable. Like you can't I feel like the bigger a country gets, it's just like how many people live there. It's like it's gonna split. It has to like split in certain places. Right. Well, you said the magic word, trust. And so, I am an anarchist. I trust people more than anyone I know. I feel like I don't, but I feel like I'm kind of an anarchist. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that there's aligns. A lot of, there's a lot of people with their toe in the water right now. Uh-huh. Right it's now. just like, fuck it. <laughs> Honestly, so my also, whole thing is... what is, a wonderful phrase to say wearing a bad shirt. Yeah, wearing a mess. That's, that's yeah. classic punk, man. Fuck it. <laughs> so, first of all, I've heard it said, it, from... From, okay, so this conference I went to, Rogue Food. Word. Rogue. Love it already. Food. And this this podcast interview I did is coming out tomorrow. Uh, this was a woman I met there. And the whole premise is like, we need to take the power back when it comes to our food. Like the USDA, the FDA, they've got way too much power. Absolutely. And it's very difficult to make a living as a small farmer because of these regulations. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to adhere to any regulations as a small farmer. I get the need to put some rules on the big fuckers, but the problem is the big fuckers are the ones writing the fucking Absolutely. rules. This Absolutely. Is the, this is the pattern we see repeat itself across all industries, right? So what's the what's the common denominator? Fucking government allowing this shit to go on. And so my argument's always for decentralized power. Like, I'm not against local government. I'm not against whatever. You know, choose your own form of government. But fuck the Fed, man. <laughs> And like, and I'm just against one size fits all anything. I'm a little pissed off and a little bit nervous right now because like I got plane tickets in October. Um, yeah. And if they start thinking, you know, it's easy enough to say like, well, I guess I'll just never fly again. But yeah, I'm no, kind of looking forward that. to this trip. Fuck right. That. Yeah. And also, I shouldn't have to say, oh, I guess I'll never fly again right. because I don't want to get this shot. This I don't want to get these three shots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like it's gonna be six by the time like they make it mandatory, and it's like then then you're on the hook for the rest of your life. And it's, it's they talk about how it's never gonna go away, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not gonna go away. Yeah. It's, it's it's how so they yeah. it's how they treat factory farmed cattle, and it, maybe it is a result to some extent of us living in high density spaces. It doesn't help. But I say let like let the cattle go free. You know, it, it might be messy at first, but like it's better in the long run. That's but 
What do you think? Okay, just to just to be on the same on the same tip, but like looking at it from a different fucking side. Yeah. How do you feel about um, countries saying like, hey, if you want to come into our country, you need to be vaccinated. If you're like traveling, let's say you want to go to fucking you want to fucking smoke mad doobies out in fucking like um, you know fucking sure or like uh, Amsterdam. You know, you're, you're doing a fucking weekend in Amsterdam. You want to go fucking you know do that shit, and they're like, oh, if you want to come into Amsterdam, you need a vaccination. I mean, I'm not happy about it. I'm like, what am I? What am I? I okay, yeah. You, you want to know how I feel about it? I think it's would you say, lame as shit. And would you? Would you just not go to Amsterdam no more? Well, I guess not. Okay. That's or, one country though, versus not being able to fly anymore. In my country, right? <laughs> I, I mean, right. frankly, like that's what matters. Is what, what's Within, going on in my country? Yeah. What, what laws do I have to live under? Yeah. I have no control over what Amsterdam does. You know, it'd be like asking somebody in World War II, well. You know, like, how do you feel about Germany not, like, letting you come and have, you know, vacation in Berlin, right? Like, you know, like, I mean, what, what the fuck? Like, no. But, I mean, that's not the, I'm not trying to make fun. No, you know, absolutely do it. You'll fucking run it. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's, that's not my, that's not my business. What is my business is what happens here as an important citizen. And, uh, I feel like that's an American trait is, like, not being able to mind your business in terms of what other countries are actually doing. Shit, well, that's not my fucking business if yeah. y'all want to ask me well, vaccination. That was, that was also in the headlines recently. That's well, so, conversation. I'm so stoked, actually, like, as shitty as it all was for Afghanistan, I'm right. like, we're finally having a conversation about non-interventionist foreign policy. Fuck yes, dude. Which is what Ron That was one thing that I actually fucking was happy about, too. I was like, yeah, I saw those videos of, like, people fucking falling off a plane, and it was terrifying, mm-hmm. and it scarred me, and I'll never fucking forget that image. But the silver lining is there. That might have been the moment. So many American troops did not need to be there, man. So many, never, never needed to be there. And like, fuck yeah for not one more American dying in Afghanistan. Yeah. I'm happy for that. Well, hopefully we begin to like, look at these wars um, and be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) There's other ways to get that. That's the thing is like, it's easy. A lot of anarchists and shit, like a lot of, whatever, people on either side. They did this. They did. Like we all let this happen. I mean, we're God pretty young. We collectively let this happen. We're all pretty young, so there's some some amount of like culpability. Uh, yeah. Like we couldn't vote when fucking the Patriot Act came out. You know, like it's been a process. It's been a domino effect. But like right. the last three, four, or five generations have let us get to this point. Right. You know, and like we are. It's scary, man. It's just scary. Anybody that's like, just shut up and get the shot. Frankly. You know, like, come get me. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also I'm just not like, even kidding. I'm not I even have guns. Like, yeah. Come get me. That's what it takes. I'm like, I'm gonna be that guy, man. And like, I've been very interested. So I've been paying attention to what's been going on in the world. But like, I've also been looking back at history. Right. I'm a history buff. Always has been. Texas, like, for one, where the government basically just, like, did what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And the public was like, oh, well, that was a little, that was a little fucked up, but, like, those people were weirdos, so we're just gonna, like, be okay with you murdering all those women and children over, like, guns, right? Because they had guns. Like, that's what was the ATF. I don't know how much y'all know about, like, that. The I'm from Texas, yeah. You know about Waco. Mm-hmm. And collectively, we just moved on and like gun control continues and like 
Were they a cult? Were they not a cult? I don't fucking care. Show me one person they killed to warrant like a response. Or leave them alone. Did they do? Did they kill this way? Yeah. Yeah, and literally our our government murdered like you know, thirty or fifty people there, and uh, that was actually the day I was born. No shit. Wait, what day was that? April nineteenth, nineteen ninety-eight. Oh what? I know a lot of people that birthday. So it's a little bit funny. It's, uh, it's the Aries in you, Whistler, as the, I thought as the that was, would say. I thought that was Taurus. No, no that is Aries. It's almost Taurus. That's right? Aries. It's on the cusp. My, yeah, have, no, my roommate is 420. I got confused. Yep, she is. identifies as a Taurus. I have, uh, I have great friends born on the 18th and the 16th, the 19th, and I want to say the 12th. So I've got a handful of those April, April homies. Well, anyways, I didn't need to, like, take it to a dark place. Uh, no, like, no, I feel it's just like, man, like, what are we doing these days? Like, we, everybody's like, you got to care about everybody. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to care about me and mine. Well, it's also like everybody doesn't care about me. Like, collectively, they don't care about me, which is kind of goes back to the trust thing. You care like, about everyone. You care about no one. Yeah. They're just like, care about me, basically. But, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean where people get so mixed up is like you think you gotta be a socialist or something to be like a good person it's just not the case I don't mind if you are a socialist just don't think that you have to be one to be a good person right like call yourself anything I don't care but like treat other folks with dignity and respect and just the way people are treating the unvaccinated is so borderline very borderline It's, it's one step away from not, and I'm not that guy that goes there all the time, you know, but it is one step away. Lists. You know the FBI, do you hear about this? A leaked FBI, like, terror watch list with almost two million Americans in it. Two million. I'm probably on what? it. What? I'm probably on it, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because what does it take? It takes anybody that's probably said anything anti-government on social media. Anything at all. Yeah. I feel well, like it would be more than that. Exactly. Like, I feel anyone? like it'd be more. Maybe, but, you know, I maybe like I feel like everybody that I know is so poor that says some stupid Like, shit. I'll be on my porch talking to some about something in my room, and they're like, yeah, fuck the good. And then we just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, wait, put on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I, y'all have seen Deep for, for the Dead. I love Deep for the Dead. That's an amazing movie. It is the most so, solid movie. It's so, like, on the nose, it's like that could be us. Don't I mean, remember that, seeing it. I should rewatch it. Dude. No, I mean like I've I've seen it, but it was 15 years ago, and I don't remember it at all. Gonna, I don't remember it. That very soon. I mean, it's like dystopian-ish, right? London, but it's like not that far off. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part about V they for have the class thing. The crazy thing about V for Vendetta, it was it was a government-created virus that spawned crisis that spawned the totalitarian regime. It's literally the line from the movie. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because I remember and when Rona started, I was like, this is like this. <laughs> and we are we are shockingly close to that narrative. Oh. oh. 
Yeah, so like, I don't know. Everybody should watch that movie. Everybody should also watch Idiocracy. Oh, oh my god, one. with uh, Luke, is that the one Luke, Luke Wilson? Wilson? Oh, I love that movie. It's streaming on YouTube. You gotta like watch the ads that come with it. But like, but a free movie. It's, it's a free, free movie, movie on YouTube, and it's hilarious. And oh, it's also it. just like, holy shit, a little too on the nose. It absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, so I just you know. That was my judge, wasn't it? Uh, was it was it? my judge. That was my judge. We were just watching King of the Hill the other Fucking weekend. love everything that man has ever put out. King of the Hill is my shit. Holy fuck. I forgot how much I love the show. Let's not spend the next half an hour talking about King of the Hill, I but could. I could. We don't have uh, to. But I could. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. I actually haven't watched that much. What I've seen, I've loved, but yeah. I haven't given it. There's so much of it. You don't have to dedicate yeah. all the time. Well, you know, maybe yeah. that should be my next. I'm always looking for like a stupid half-hour comedy to just like perfect veg out to a certain, perfect. Like, like certain Strikes, right? Yeah, especially those first like five to seven seasons. Oh, it's like I've seen I've seen Community probably twelve times. I love Community. <laughs> <laughs> I should get into it. Community is great. Yeah, but you know all things all television aside, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. All relatable exactly. content. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, what's it gonna take for people to actually be like, wait, this this is too much. You know, like what would that actually take? Yeah, like they won't really draw a line. It's just like. There's a lot of go along to get along, and uh, starting to think that like things like the American Revolution, right, or any other like push for uh, like great leap forward for America, or not for for human dignity and human freedom, and like it's like what you know, American Revolution, like civil rights, uh, you know, like these huge leaps forward for human dignity. They're so few and far between. They're so rare, and we immediately begin to backslide. faith in humans, in that, you know, 55 some percent of this country has voluntarily gone and gotten a shot, which is, like, pretty awesome, like, I think that took some guts, if you gave it any, like, like critical thought, absolutely, you're like, I'm doing something that's got some risks associated with it, and I'm doing it for the greater good, you know, it's like, y'all had more balls than me, you know, yeah. in some ways, and, like, but at this point, like I said, it's almost on principle for me, because I'm the type of guy that's like, if I don't stand up, who's gonna? You know, and like, like I said, if I get if I get it, I'm burning the card because I'm not gonna be a part of this elite class of humans in the country. Like you just want to separate yourself from it. It's not really, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I break uh, if if I break if I break down and I actually participate in a passport system, I I'm never gonna respect myself again. Hmm. And I know I'm like an I will say this, just to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. If it was, let's say, 70%, would you still consider that elitist if it's now a grand majority and it's, like, free and accessible? As long as you're treating the 30% like, like dog shit, yeah, it's elitist. Hmm. Yeah, so any amount it, underneath yeah. it is going to be, yeah, yeah. the 99 to the 1 or whatever the fuck, yeah. Right. It doesn't okay. matter if it's 1% that are the, the elites or 99.9% that are the elites. You know, there, there should not... They should have no more power. That's the thing. There will always be like classes of people, and there will always be rich and poor. And it's terrible, but it's just a, a reality of life. And as long as it's not enforced by the arm of the state, like, 
It can't be enforced by the state. Right. That's why it's just like, yeah. like if it was my yeah. family asking me like, hey, could you please do this? And I'm like, I mean, I spend this much time around you. You yeah. may be able to, like, you may be able to convince me to do that. And I mean, I, ha- I did do it because my mom and, you know, wasn't being responsible or whatever. But sure. Plus it's like, I depended on the people I hang out with. So it's like, if you really, the people around you aren't saying shit, it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not like getting into somebody else's lane about it. Yeah. Word, word. But the moment we all get these little QR codes, then like, as much as anybody can, like, wants to say like, well, I've just been doing me, like, I'm just going to keep doing me and, like, go along and get along. Just saying, like, at that point, every single person is actively participating in a system that that is oppressing your fellow man, whether you like it or not, you know, like, that's what you're choosing to participate in. And it's like, there were plenty of decent folk in Nazi Germany who for a long time refused to believe in the camps though all the evidence was there and like people were disappearing their neighbors were disappearing it's like it makes me sick but like i think that's kind of what we're seeing right now i mean the way it's being leveraged yeah because it's like you said the way that it's enforcing this the class system is making it as bad as it is and that's why i brought up like australia and new zealand and canada because mm-hmm. they are you know new canada hasn't done a, <clears throat> a national passport but i believe the other two countries have. Oh, absolutely. Canada, like, it's, it's by province, so it's, like, there's the Quebec one, and there's the whatever. Um, but their border is closed. Like, I listened to this interview with this guy who, him and his girlfriend are moving to the States, getting out of Canada. Like, the title, you know, it's, like, Escaping Canada. Right? What the fuck? And he lives, like, right at, right at like, Niagara Falls area, and um, he said the border is closed to all non-essential sorry I'm letting this go out <laughs> Bogart and the Doob sorry y'all here oh yeah uh, is it out it's out <laughs> do you want it back no I'm good I'm good um, so like the the border is closed you can't cross into the United States uh, from Canada mm-hmm. as a non-essential like whatever right and even if you're moving to the United States you're not allowed you're just not allowed to cr- like cross in a So he, you know, this guy, he's like, they've got all their shit packed in the semis. That can go across the border. <laughs> but, like, him and his girlfriend can't. And they've got a place in Florida. They've got a, like, business started in Florida already. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and he can't get out of Canada. So they had to hire a helicopter. And he insists, he's like, this is technically legal. Like, we're not, we are not, like, smuggling ourselves out. Yeah. necessarily but like practically speaking that's what it fucking feels like yeah 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 like he's like we've got our documents we're like like it's not like we're hiding the fact that we're leaving like I, whatever they went through the process but just how weird is that shit yeah dude and they're li- they're literally leaving because of the way Canada is treating their people and huh. his, this guy's making the case he's like my hope is that the United States will I guess, you know, we're, we're, we'll see, you know? Like, yeah. we'll see. That's fucking funny. I, I always knew about all the ways that people get themselves crossed from that southern border. I never thought about somebody trying to sneak in from the north. 
sneaking into the north. That's ridiculous to me. That's I'm so backwards. Fucking like, yeah. I'm kind of laughing right now, and I shouldn't be, but like, it is comical. Like that. What? Well, that was kind of like the joke they made. Was like, it's it's easier right now to get into the United States illegally from the south yeah, than it is legally from the north. That's ridiculous. We watched, uh, just as a tidbit, but we watched a movie that's been, like, it's got me on cumbias, which are this awesome fucking, like, it's this really fucking great fucking beat that comes from, like, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Mexico, uh, Dominican Republic, Cuba, you know, it's very, um, imagine reggae, but with, like, more horns, almost, and, like, a little bit, like, it's got a sing-songy vibe to it, it's not yeah. as rhythmic in the, in the lyrical sense, um, but it's a great feel, and it's about this kid who like sneaks into it, amongst many other things, sneaks into the states in the fucking bottom of this fucking like vehicle that's being used for like shopping trips. Mm -hmm. You know, they, like a bunch of women get on, like they you know, do their shopping trips, and in the day, you know, they cross the border, they go to the shops, and come back, sure. you know, back to home across the border, and uh, they just got bags full of new shit, you know, whatever. Like, that happens all the time. And this kid was in the fucking bottom of one in this little fucking hole that they fucking, like, drilled in. And he, he's covered, and he just, like, sat underneath. And just got me thinking about how many fucking... How many ways people do that, and also, like, how many people I might just meet and pass by in life who did that shit, mm -hmm. and I'll never know. Yeah. Like, you don't talk about that once you've done that, right? It You're literally not gonna never happened. Everything. It didn't happen. It never happened. And how many people got here? Like there are lots of people. Yeah. Well, it's kind of wild. You gotta and you gotta just remember the reason they went through all the trouble. It's because their government was treating them like shit, or because wherever they lived was incredibly violent, and somebody was looking at them. Yeah. And there was no opportunity. And there was yeah. no other way. Yeah. 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 And respect to that. Every time I like, you know, I sure I get the idea of like, you know, um, I can sometimes empathize with people that are really against illegal people. Sure. People who have gotten here by illegal means. Sure. At the end of the day though, it's like, man, like, I I can also empathize with the other side, man. Like if it was literally your only option and well, you had course. to get, get away from where you're from, like yeah, I'm almost like props to you for, for having fucking persevered and gotten there, man, and done it. And I hope you're not a piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoever really you are. Yeah. Like that's all I hope for. I hope we didn't get a bad one. You know? <laughs> but whoever we got, like Good for you, and I hope you're a good one. <laughs> I think any decent person should be able to like see both points of view. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And like, like, uh, whatever. But it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy, man. It's all so crazy. Like, and we're 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 about to throw away the thing that made us so great. And it was that, generally speaking, like our lives were not fucked with by our government, like hmm. non-intervention. That's what I was getting at when we were talking about Afghanistan briefly. Is like. I'm stoked that just that word, non-interventionism, is on, like... Stay in your lane. Yes. We said that the other yeah, day. Stay in your lane. Yo. But that's, that's, that is now on the front of our brains. And I think, like, if we can accept as a culture, like, maybe we need a non-interventionist non foreign policy, okay, then, then the next step is how about non-interventionist... Domestic policy. Yo, say that again. You're making me wet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, don't don't intervene. Like, don't yeah. intervene ever. Oh, uh, you know, like unless you must, unless you must, right? Like that's the point. Is yeah. unless 
I mean, the whole point of this goddamn country is supposed to be that the government only does a couple of things. Aside from that, you guys got to figure it out yourself. You know, it's like... Right. We'll help you get there, now run with it. Yeah, but the, the, the balance is no longer there, man. It's gone the other way. I don't know. I could harp on this bullshit all night. What, what, else, <laughs> do guys, what else do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I can tell you about these black market cigarettes. Yeah! I love it. Okay, yeah, no, so this place... And, uh, can you lean forward? Yeah, no, I totally forgot. Right. This couch is so deep. Yeah, those are some nice eggs in here for you, brother. Yeah. Small, yeah. When yeah. I was a student in downtown Chicago, the Art Institute, and uh, I wanted cigarettes, and they were expensive in the city, they were like $14 uh-huh. in the leaf. And uh, one day, my friend was like, Have you never been to this place? They have cigarettes for like $8, and you get 40 of them. What? He was like, Yeah, come with me. And um, we went into this, like, the, like one of those things in Chicago where it's, like, a door between two doors kind of thing. Okay. And it almost doesn't look like a door kind of thing. And you walk in, and then I was thinking, as we were in the elevator, I was like, is this elevator real? Like, does it function as an elevator? It doesn't seem up to date, but it worked. It was a real thing. And uh, we got upstairs, and then he just, like, gave this woman a punch card. And... Um, So, so it was a members-only deal. It was a members-only deal, a membership thing. And then they would always be like, hey, if you want to roll cigarettes, uh, they will be free for you. And I was like, how long? Like, I didn't do it, but I was like wondering to myself, like, how long these people roll cigarettes so they don't have to pay for them? Yeah, wow. Maybe like you work an hour and you get a bag. You get your bag. And yeah. I was like, however many rolls, however many. Yeah, maybe know. roll 100, get 10. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then one day I went in to get my cigarettes, or, and I was about to open the door, it was an old strip mall, and, uh, it, it was just, like, empty, it was just empty, man. They got busted. Yeah, that's when I started trying to stop smoking, and then after, like, two years later, I was, I mean, I still smoke sports, but. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, hey, it's halfway there. Halfway there. You know, it just makes me think, so, okay, I've been tour guiding, right? Started that up again. Angel knows about this gig, but uh, I go down to a distillery in southern Indiana, mm-hmm. about an hour from here. You guys should pop through there, uh, maybe tomorrow if you're trying. We might, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe. Um, but I take people out on ATVs and show them good times. Oh time. hell yeah! Give them drinks, give them tips, you know, mm-hmm. crack some jokes, blah blah blah. Uh, but like a lot of what I talk about is sort of like moonshine culture and. So like, it's 
with the cigarette thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody at this point is going to agree that like smoking is not a wise thing to do. Not for, you know, whatever, for your health. That's what you wish, but that do be. <laughs> that's good for your health. That's, that's good for That's the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what count, uh, cancel each other out. Exactly, exactly. That is not medical advice, everybody. <laughs> you really have to say Oh, uh, no, yeah, it is. I'm actually a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Angel. <laughs> they never check your degree when you put it on your resume. Exactly, they don't. And I'm telling you from experience. But, anywho, listen, you're saying about cigarettes. Well, but, like, my point is, right, so, like, what, what do they do? Like, like, we all agree to it's bad for your health. They, they didn't want to ban it because we thought we learned something from alcohol prohibition, right? And, uh, because they were just like, people are going to be different, you know? So we'll tax the hell out of it. That's what we'll do. Tax the hell out of it and we'll, you know, set an age on it and, like, whatever. I'm not saying those are, like, bad things. I'm just saying, like, the more you do it, the higher the taxes are, right? Chicago, notoriously high cigarette prices. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what is it, like 15, 16? I'm buying a carton while I'm out here, yo. I know I I, am. Because I'll probably smoke three packs while I'm in Kentucky, and I might as well have the last to go home with me, but buy it by a carton. I said buy a carton, yeah. Yo, uh, how much was it? It was 80 bucks the last time I bought a carton of of American Spirits in Southern Indiana. Mm -hmm. That would get me Five, maybe, packs in Illinois. Oh, yeah. So yeah. double. Yeah, you turn around and sell those at a fucking day. Sure, I could. Yo. You're good to go. I've <laughs> thought about it. I'm like, what if I just bought, like, fucking the store out of fucking... I, you would actually make money. Like, I'm not even talking bullshit money, but you would make money if you just went to a bar and you were like, I'll trade you this, like, pack of cigarettes for, like, a couple drinks. Bro. Nobody would blink twice. They would be like, yes. You did that. You even paid someone on the street for cigarettes, and you were just like, True. please, I just need them. They're so expensive. And True. she didn't charge you $14. True. She charged you like 10 or 12 Yeah, yeah, she charged me Which like 11 Even in bucks. Chicago, it's really reasonable. Yeah, it was, it's, okay, so. And you know what? That person could have gone. They could have been an asshole. I was thinking. 18 bucks. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that person could have gone to jail for selling. 18 bucks. No, people sell them all the time on the train and like lose these, and they're just yeah. like 25 cents. Yeah. That's my point. Is like, that's illegal. Like, people are doing it. Like, are driving across the border to buy 10,000 cartons. All that's doing is like hurting the local business guy in yeah. Chicago, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. And like, absolutely, because they're not selling as many. And <gasps> yo, I got a story. Mm. Yo, okay, so this great fucking night, right? We go out, yeah. and I was kind of like randomly, like, I kind of want to go out. Let's go out, right? Let's go out. Uh-huh. So we go and we fucking. Have a, a decent meal at this little spot in, in Pilsen, which is like one of the very Mexican neighborhoods of Chicago. Fucking great little neighborhood. Um, so we go get some, some nice food, and then we meet up with her friends on her side of town, come back to Pilsen, and like have some drinks at a spot. On the way home, I'm already drunk. Mm. When uh, I don't know if you were, I feel like you were, you're, you're, you're about there. I'm shit faced. Okay, okay. I was, I was trying to hide it because I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, girl, I wanted to know that I'm fucking done out here. But, like, I still want to keep the party going, right? So I stop at this liquor store, and I see these two homies that are leaning on each other right at the cash register, speaking in Spanish to themselves and letting it slip out and, like, talk to a dude in Spanish, and then they realize, like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't speak yeah. Spanish. Uh, so they go, like, to their broken-ass English, and they're just, like, on each other, and one of them makes a transaction. 
and then the other one like makes basically the exact same transaction. I'm like, already, you guys could have just done that together. This is like a cash only place. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so drunk. You're not even fucking they thinking. They were literally right now. holding each other up and hold- eating. Yeah, them. like she saw the two when they came out. I guess they were still just like holding it each was other like up. That precious, your best friend. Yes. Friends friends and dude, probably. the cutest fucking thing right before I get up to the light. The one guy goes, hey, wait, bro. Didn't you say you wanted some dockies? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I did. And the homie picks up three bags of dockies, slams them on the counter, and he's like, I'll yeah. have one. Too. And then, like, he, so he bought, like, he's admitting, like, I'm getting two for you, you know? But, like, so drunk, and, like, everybody in there was just like, ah, oh, these guys, like, we're not even mad at it. Yeah, yeah, these bros yeah. are like, fucking, they're harmless, he's and they're married. just stumbling through the fucking city with each other. Who gives a shit? I get up to the fucking counter now, yo. I'm like, you still selling liquor? It is, like, an hour past. It was 1.30 in, the, in like, two the city up, of Chicago. Three up, two hours past, yeah. right? Two and a half hours past. He's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. He's like, what do you want? And at that point, I was just like, the first thing I saw was like, that tall six-pack right there. I think they were Miller Lights, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, like 749 or whatever. And then I saw your little thing, and I was like, you still taking a card? And he's like, yeah, whichever. I was like, oh, word. Like, this is hella illegal now. You have proof that this is what you're selling at what time. So I, like, thinking about him, I was like, no, I'll just do cash. So I start pulling money out. I got a pack of cigarettes, too. Can I get a pack of these smokes? I think I got camels that night, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this should have been 17 bucks, right, with the smokes. Eight bucks at least with the beer and the tax. 25 bucks, right? We got how much money. <laughs> he didn't even yeah. touch the register. He just puffed it open and he goes, five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I was God. like, I wanted to walk inside and be like, sir. I did not want to ask twice. I just slammed the fucking fiber down and ran the fuck out. And I was like, this has to be a fucking setup. And then we just went and drank them in the alley. It was fucking great, dude. I'm thinking they're getting like special cargo shipments from somewhere. Somebody's helping them out. Yeah. Or they're paid off the cops or some shit. I always wonder like how many fucking bars out there have that like, they're supporting the cops and that's why people can get away with shit in there. Mm-hmm. I always like, I mean, it is like a game. They're just like, if you pay us, we can do favors. For exactly. You. It's the, the more control, the more corruption. You know, like, and you feel it as a personal freedom, but then you understand what's happening behind it. And that was one thing that really shocked me about like this joint that I would love to hang out at when I first got back to Chicago called Richard's, right? It's the only bar in the city where you can still smoke. Mm-hmm. It's cash only. And basically, the MO is everybody fucking sits down and they put a bill down. And it's been like, I've seen it happen so many times that like by the second time I was there, because I'd seen, I should say, I'd seen so many people do this. Mm-hmm. I've only been there once, but I'd seen so many people just slam their bill down and hang out until it was done. And I realized that was the middle of the story. It was almost saying like, this is how long I'm going to be here. You just put your 20 or your 50 down. I see. And then when somebody would come up, keep feeding you drinks until that's, and then you cut yourself off when you're leaving enough of what you consider to be a decent tip. So there might be, you sat down with a 50, like when there's 10 left, Richards? yeah, when there's 10 left, you're like, I'm out, thank you, that's for the house, yeah. and you walk away. You came into Tony, you know, you have your three, four, three dollar beers, you leave a few, and you leave with a, and you leave with two or bucks. three bucks, yeah, 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 and that's it, but like, that bartender now knows how long, how much you pay him to be here, and like, and then I found out that yeah. this was like a very, like, crappy bar, and that like, yeah. at some point, like, they are very cool with saying it too, with some of the patrons, like, one man told me sitting there at that bar, 
who had this big ass bow on him, right? He's like, oh, I'm about to go hunting, hunting in fucking Minnesota, deer hunting. He's got a bow in the he's bar. He's got, got a big ass bow in the bar. I was like, why the fuck you carrying this big in ass bow? In the middle of Chicago. Yeah, and I'm like, why you got this shit? I'm like, I love this man already. So you know he's the guy I'm talking to. We talked about growing weed out west, uh-huh. and then he eventually gets to tell me like, yeah, uh, I was here on New Year's, and at one point it was like, you know, 4:35 a.m. and a couple cops walked in, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And they talked to the bartender, bartender slid him a little money, and they walked out, and the party rolled on until the next day at fucking 5 a.m. We just kept fucking yeah, yeah, going, yeah. and like I'm people sure were out and just hanging. I'm sure it happens left and right, man. And again, it is clouded with cigarette smoke. You feel like you're going to come out of there with fucking lung cancer, man, and I fucking love this little bar. I'm like, for one reason or another, I am just glad that, like, it still fucking exists for somebody. I, I, yeah. Like, somebody's being allowed to, whether they got a fucking shell, it's like, I wish everybody was allowed to, not in a way of like, you know, that that's the state that I want to live in, but like, if, oh, if that's the state, then why not everybody? It's the state I want to live in, bro, because if, if, if okay, people going to do what they're going to do. That's right. the point of this. When you put the rules on it, what that means is people get bribed and people break the rules and people go to jail for little peddly shit and this and that and the other. Right. People still going to do what they're going to do. Right. So just fuck the... Uh, the entire game of it all let's be real with each other about right, it right? right let's bring it out in the open so okay like I, I'm thinking about this guy selling Lucy cigarettes and there's a punch card that's so interesting because he's what he's trying to do I assume is have some level of legal protection yeah in that this is a members only club and, and yeah. I'm not selling anybody anything except a membership to a club right and they're allowed to smoke as many cigarettes as they or want hang out and roll cigarettes yeah. yeah that's his he's playing the game he's, he's using language to get around things right and it's because frankly he's got every fucking right to sell people cigarettes if, you know whatever from a ziploc bag from his, like, yeah. who fucking cares yeah. except yeah. for the government and maybe Philip Morris like right <laughs> right and and basically it's got me thinking about again this thing from Rogue Food where we were talking about Food speakeasies. Mm. So speakeasies are kind of back is what I'm kind of hearing, right? Mm. Like, dude, I've been to some in yeah, Chicago. And I mean, are, it's like a theme in Chicago. It's like a theme, and I'm sure some of them are like legit businesses, and others are legit. You never know sometimes. Speakeasies. <laughs> yeah, like not a legit business. Mm-hmm. Tonight we're speaking like just tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Exactly. So the idea with a food speakeasy, right? It's a like a brick and mortar establishment. The, the sad thing is this this idea came out of necessity mm-hmm. but blacked out windows pin code you know entry lock with a you know or, or maybe one of those key fobs you know once you're a member you get a little key fob mm-hmm. and what that is is that is a barrier from the USDA FDA health department from coming in they need a warrant now to come in and this is because people have done food buying clubs of different sorts and for whatever reason that the, these government agencies get a hard on for these little these little organizations that are doing nothing but like distributing locally grazed beef mm. and like everything's frozen on ice like vacuum sealed like legit like nothing's being done wrong and they still continue to like come in looking for something that's being done wrong mm-hmm. like, like literal harassment mm-hmm. and so this idea of a food speakeasy is like maybe if we just keep it on the hush black out the windows like no signage like 
fucking members only, and you punch in the thing, and you walk into the nicest fucking little market that you've ever been to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Because they want to be like that. They're just like, this is just what, this is just what I'm doing. And somebody's going to want it. I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and... But no, I mean, it's like, it's almost like they're making local food into this black market thing. It's been that way a long time. I thought, did you ever buy any black market food um, in the restaurant business, as far as you know? Uh, I've heard that's a big well, fucking thing. A lot, like, that, chefs getting raw milk. That one, right? I feel like I, I really don't know enough about the laws, and I don't want to put anybody under, but I, what yeah, I will yeah. say is that um, good chefs like to buy good products, and they'll buy it from whoever the fuck has it. They don't ask questions. They don't ask questions. If you're uh, a good farmer and you're producing something good, a chef will say, give me all you got. There was a guy at this conference who got busted running raw milk into Chicago mm. from Wisconsin. Or, uh, yeah, uh, fucking, so Chicago gets a lot of its farm goods from um, the northern part of the Midwest, and Wisconsin and Michigan tend to be those places. Uh, it's, it's honestly a little surprising to me that they won't go far south for a lot of those things like you'd expect that having like it being a, such a hub for transportation that there'd be shit from like Kentucky Tennessee southern Indiana Georgia like this whole crest of fucking wonderful soil mm-hmm. that always has been like a thing to me I'm like I get it like Wisconsin's like two hours away and the farmer could bring it himself here that's probably one of those things but like we get shit from fucking like literally on our menu right now, there's fucking like a pork that we source from Japan. Why don't we have pork from like Texas? There's really good pork in Texas, or from Illinois, or from Illinois. Um, you know, so th- that's that's definitely one of those things that's very like metropolis centric though. Um, again, like just your the question about asking about sourcing. I think that's like main cities are a completely different thing because um, yes, they get the farthest breadth of like um, being able to buy things from so many different parts of the world but at the end of the day nothing is actually produced there so everything had time to travel and you don't have anything really as fresh as you would have in like a small farm right like I was talking about this kind of drunkenly outside a bar the other day when somebody was like they're trying to like get at me about like um, food and what I like what my standards are where I think like you know it's really good to eat they're not like Michelin places and all this shit and I'm like dude the best meal that you're ever gonna have in your fucking life on a place that isn't even a fucking restaurant that will never get a fucking star because those assholes aren't going to those places. You're going to find it in some fucking little farm and you're going to have the most incredible food and it might just be a few ingredients but they're all going to be so fucking great and they're going to shine so fucking hard that you're not going to care. Like, so much of food, especially in that high end, is about just, like, taste and presentability. And I'm like, by that same token, why couldn't that motherfucker also search out this and this kind of eating, you know, like, there, this is another thing that I fucking to go on a tangent, but I'll bring it back. Like, mm-hmm. I've always thought about like how much some of the like dishes that I paid the most for were not actually the most nutritious. They were indulgent and they were tasty, but they didn't actually fill me in a way that my body needed. They weren't the ingredients that my body needed to function. They were just something tasty and exquisite. And like the combination between that thing that is tasty and exquisite with something that your body can actually use in a good way to metabolize and to fucking give yourself strength, like, that is a thing that should have a fucking dollar value. Mm-hmm. And that's one that, like, you know, we don't talk about at all. Um, people that are from that farm and that, you know, that I'm speaking of, and there are a million of them in this country or in this world, 
they know that, and they don't need recognition from anybody to tell them what you're doing is good. You know, it's like I fucking know because I did it. All right, I've been fucking sweating for it. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, a lot of people in the city do it just for the clout, for that recognition. It's like, as soon as you start doing it for that, you fucked up, boy. Don't do it for that. If you get it, if you get the recognition, great. But like, don't do it because you want to be one of these fucking Netflix chefs. I hate that that's like been a thing that's become, in the last like. Even 10 years, this whole fucking idea of a Netflix shift, I'm like, where the fuck is the Netflix shift? Like, farmer? Is that a term? Fuck out of here. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. fucking, call me coining it, but like, fucking hey, I hate it. Like, no, that I mean, of, like, I'm not surprised. I'm gonna just do it to be on a fucking show. Like, fuck you, dude. So what? So that you can have cameras on you and you can be on camera all the time and get away from the fucking kitchen? You didn't ever care about the fucking kitchen. You can see that with so many that you work with. So many people that do in that fucking space. It's an industry that's like that. It's a though. thing, man. Yeah. And then you get that on top of, like, people who just want to be there because, like, they fucked up in some other career. I met so many people that were like fucking convicts, perverts, fucking drug addicts, dropouts, and they're like, oh, I could get a job as a fucking line cook, and nobody's gonna ask me about my past, and I can just fucking do this. And I'm like, you don't wanna be here. You just don't wanna be home, motherfucker. Like, get the fuck out of here, like, you know? But when you find a space that really has that drive, it's it's so ever apparent, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing, and those I, things are celebrated, man. I always liked the restaurant world, because like, for that reason, because like basically um, everybody's welcome, like no matter how rough around the edges you might be, as mm-hmm. long as you can get shit done, like nobody asks you questions about like. Can you function? Yeah. Yeah, like it's all about. Can you do this right now for the me? job done? Yeah. If you can't, if you can't take the heat, you know, kitchen. Right. Right. And uh, but I've I've heard that more and more chefs are getting their ingredients basically through this gray market, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Because they recognize number one that the quality of the food from Cisco is garbage, yes, and the quality of the food from these small guys, these small farmers, guys and gals, I should say, and anything else. These human, these human farmers. Well, actually, okay, maybe but if you don't want to be called a human either, I'll retract that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any these farmers, folks, folks. These fucking folks. I think folks is the folks most. Is folks is the best. It's the most successful. Folks and y'all. I like uh, dudes, y'all. Y'all is really yeah. my favorite, actually. So all these <laughs> folks are making the best quality food, even though they're like maybe um, not like paying their taxes or mm-hmm. fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. Fill in the fucking blank. Mm-hmm. Maybe these microgreens are coming from a fucking, you know, apartment somewhere in the city. And the guy's just making cash money. Yo. Right? Yo, get this. I just put up my fucking grow tent. Mm. And I have, uh, I was going to do this earlier, but I was living in basically a fucking, it was like a shoebox. It was a fucking, like this room is one and a half the size times, like the place that I was staying in for $650 a month. Yeah. And it was fucking driving me insane. With the lowest ceilings too, like I could could go like this and then I'd be touching them. Yeah. I could not stretch. I want to wake up and stretch, and I was like, one day I'm going to fucking punch all this. It sucked, dude. Anywho, in that room, I put a little grow tent because I was going to start growing microgreens, and now that, like, I have proper space for it, I'm going to start doing this shit almost as soon as I get back. And that's the exact kind of shit that you're talking about. I'm going to be a dude in an apartment growing microgreens, hopefully selling them for fucking 30 bucks a tray, and fucking getting seven fucking trays a week, and paying my fucking rent with microgreens to restaurants because people fucking want them. Especially if I'm doing it in the fucking winter time, every little fucking thing I grow is gonna be sold. Well, and of course, you're gonna get all the proper licensing and 
uh, uh, other, other paperwork. Of course right? I am. That's what we're talking yeah, about. I need to fucking mean? like do all that shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like as soon as yeah. I can, once those ducks are in a row, well, it's like, it's I'll like be selling. You've, you've gone mushroom hunting with me probably. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We're actually kind of yeah, hoping to do so some of that tomorrow. There you yeah. go. You're supposed to have a fucking license to go. Get the fuck out of here. To pick a Chanterelle, you can suck my dick from the back. Yo, get the fuck out of here. You can, you, you can, you can pick them. Suck my uh, mushroom. Yeah. I think legally you can pick them for personal use without a license. Okay. You can't sell them. Okay. You can't sell them. That's ridiculous. And, uh, you know how many mushrooms we bought from a licensed fucking guy at, at, at Feast? Now I can say this because it's no longer a thing, right? Yeah. Zero. Everybody yeah. was just like, I got mushrooms. Y'all want them and we're like, by the pound. Yes, every single. I sold, I think I sold... Probably close to a hundred pounds in, over the span of two seasons um, to Damn. restaurants, and I won't say any names because most of them are still in business. But right. yeah, excuse me, and uh, yeah, nobody asked for my papers. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have said to. It's the wildest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, to me, it's like yo, if you found it, yeah, homie, you good. Obviously, yeah. they you know what you're doing. Otherwise, they would have come back to you like, hey, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, and I just I, I don't see how that's any different. You know, like, yeah. you don't need a license to grow a head of lettuce. You don't need a license to shoot a deer and sell it, you know. I, I don't think you should need a license for any of that shit. Fucking, this reminds me of this conversation you were having about how you thought a restaurant could be, like, I just want to set it and forget it and, like, walk away mm-hmm. and know that, like, this living, this hive mind has it. Yes. And, like, everybody in that kitchen understands each other. Right. So, yeah, it's, like, the same principle. Yeah. So, so. I, I like outlaws and I like groups of outlaws. You know what you call that? Band of thieves. No, I don't know. I was thinking, I was like, cowboys? I'm like, I posed the question before finishing my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I love, okay, so this is definitely like because of the spot that I work at that I'm focusing on this word nowadays, but Taqueria Chingon is the name of the place, right? And uh, Chingon is a badass. Uh, and like, we are Chingones, right? So like when we when we cheers at the end of it's like salud chingones right like buenas noches chingones right like yeah. you badass straight up badass and uh, yeah. it's like a badass motherfucker though yeah it's the like it's it's the that word right. of the Spanish language right yeah. it's like the top tier motherfucker mm-hmm. like H N I C like that's the goat exactly the goat the goat <laughs> and I love it you know like the stem so I had to explain it to somebody recently they're like uh, I know taqueria but I don't know what chingon means. And I was like, well, let me tell you, sir, chingon now, uh, it comes from the verb chingar, and that means to fuck. Is that right? Is that right? To so, fuck. To yeah, fuck. So nice. a chingon is a fucker, like it's someone like a who fucker, fucks. A fucker, but, but bad but fucker. Badass yeah. motherfucker. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I love that word. And anywho, like, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's a word that. I just want to share with people. Like, yo, if you didn't already know this word, for, for the next time you're, like, hanging with a good, like, homie, like, you do some good shit, uh-huh. like, all you gotta say is just, like, chingon. Like, cause, like, dude could be chingon, or a thing could be chingon, right? Like, I, the, what you just did could That's be badass. That was fucking badass, yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I dig it. for your Latino homies, it's next like, time. Some motherfucking some, badass. Some badass shit happens. happened, you gotta be yeah. like, yo, chingon. <laughs> Basically, you're saying the name of the restaurant is badass motherfucking. Badass motherfucking taqueria. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, somebody came in the other day and they had us laughing, boy. They fucking came in and they were all riled up because their order to them was a little bit late. Because, like, they just showed up mad early, but they didn't yeah. see, like, you get an email or you get a little notification that says, like, this is when your food will be ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you fucking order some food online, it tells you it'll be ready. It'll be there in 35 minutes. It'll be there at 217, right? Sure. You always get a notification. 
So this motherfucker didn't see the notification. And he came in hella early. He was just pouting around. He was like, mm, what am I fucking fool down? I'm like, yo, bro, like, we got like 30 other orders to make ahead of you. And yours is ready for this time. Like, it's set for this time. That's when we go have it. Like, you go have it. Sure enough, we give it to them for like two minutes ahead of time. We're out, like, from my end, I already heard the debacle. I hear how he's harassing our staff. But I'm like, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. they can handle it. They're grown-ass women. Yeah. And they've handled this before. They got it. As yeah. much as he's being a piece of shit and I want to turn around and just mm-hmm. yell at his ass for being rude, I'm like, y'all got this shit. He comes back around when he gets his food. He goes, man, with a name like that, y'all should be faster and, like, be doing this shit better, man. Like, if you got a name like Chingon, you got to live up to it. You got to, this was the line that has been immortalized. He goes, y'all need to rise to the top. And everyone starts cracking up. This man gets mad. He walks out, and then it becomes a joke, yo. Like, they, like so many other ways. Oh, need to rise to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just quoting him, like, yeah, who the fuck does this motherfucker think he is? Yeah, yo, like, I hope you go in your fucking car and cry, eat these fucking tacos, and realize how good it is, bitch. Like, we're just, like, we're just like, bitch. Because he's just complaining about the speed. He hasn't even yeah. tasted the food. Exactly. Yeah. And we gave it to him, again, early. Not just on time. I was like, yo, for this motherfucker, yeah, eight. Could have a couple minutes early. Just a couple. We ain't gonna rush his he ass. He wanted fast food. He wanted to get ahead of the yeah. line before everybody else that had just ordered. And I was like, no, you don't do that, sir. <laughs> Not here. Some people are in such a rush. Racing, then, racing to the red light. Dude. Amen. Amen. Did you get where you needed to get? Yo, a couple <laughs> days later, I love that this one kept going, man. We as a team were like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, he didn't know mentality. Like, fuck that mentality. Yeah. So, fucking... My homie goes over and grabs a stepladder that we use to like clean up the top of the fume hoods and like all this shit, right? And the brand is HB Towers. This is the, There's a, the hood, the, the fume hood, or the, the stepladder, right? Ladder. The okay. stepladder, right? HB Towers. There's a there's a Latino uh, reggaeton artist named Mike Towers. Okay. And we sometimes for ourselves just to you know have a joke, we name things around around the shop, right? So like, our oh oh, I see. That's not the brand of the HB Towers is the brand. It is the brand. Yes. Now, now he names him Mike Towers. Mike Towers. And now when we grab him, we're like, yo, everybody, yo, we got to grab employee of the month, Mike Towers, because he helps us rise to the top. And we're all, fuck, we're like, oh, this is the worst pun ever. But, like, we just do that on a point of just, like, again, let's collectively remember, fuck that guy and whatever he stands for. We are different. We're going to take our time. We're going to make good shit. And we're going to stick to whatever the fuck we are. We're not going to let anybody come through that door and intimidate us in any fucking kind of way. Bro, I'm trying to maybe, like, put a crew like that together. I like that culture of, like, yeah. fuck that motherfucker. Yeah. But, like, we strong over we here. Are the he best. cannot, we, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we are the best. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, we joke about it, but, like, yo, it's even like that DJ Khaled. Fucking our so GM, Domingo, will walk around talking about, we the best tacos. Like, <laughs> she say that really? Yeah, yo, she says that shit. And at first it was funny, and it was kind of like, First time I heard it, I was like, that was lame. And then every other time that she said it, I'm just like, that's bad. That's Chingon. That's Chingon. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, I love that crew. I'm away from it right now. They're like, oh, you think you're going to miss us? And I was like, yeah, actually, really. And I was like, they were like, are you. (laughs) He asked some other questions, but I just had to interject. I was like, I'm not going to be working. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking just for the weekend? Like, for the week. I I took like nine days off. Okay, I was going to say, you didn't quit. No, no, no. No, I took a I took a nice little vacation. It's my first one since since well, starting. I know where y'all are heading, but why don't you tell? You know, we've been on for an hour and forty. Uh, it's, uh, great. it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just talking. We can take these shits off whenever you want to. But I feel well, like we're gonna I talk as long as we're here. So I can hear and make sure the levels are all good. But you got you got to don't need them so much. Uh, but basically, tell everybody where you're heading. 
because it's a cool spot. We're going down to the fucking gorge, buddy. Down to the gorge. And, uh, you know, I wish I had kept up with my climbing days so I could just pick a spot to go fucking hang a rope and do some shit. But we're just going to be mostly hiking and... And uh, you, you know, you know, I don't know if this no is climbing. a family. I don't know if this is a family show, but we're, we're just gonna be fucking and we're gonna be climbing. Uh, and, you know, it's you like, can, uh, you, you, it's, you can tell it like it is. It's, 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 it's like, you know, it's that vacation vacation. It's like let's, get let's sweaty go in somewhere the else. I mean, it's yes, steamy. Exactly. It's already yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you saw it. No, but you saw that it was. How old did we just get right there? That was like a forty-five-year-old. Yeah. I'm thinking thirteen. I was like your fucking eighth grader right now. It's both at the same damn time. Hey, hey, don't don't sweat the petty. Pet the sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> what? That's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, the gorge. Yeah, anybody that's never been to the Red River Gorge. That's my first time. It's a beautiful it's fucking place. Yeah, you ought to try Seriously. to make friends with some rock climbers. And they'll maybe, yeah, man. They'll maybe harness you up and let you do it. The thing is, about, yeah. I've got a good buddy that used to go down there weekly. Yeah. And then the homie that we saw um, today rolling out of town, he's a, he's a climber too, and he's probably been out there 20, 30 times. Mm-hmm. And I know that'd be a good guy to go with. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I'm actually kind of fearful of trusting a stranger on rope. I'm like, I would go as far as I can with a friend with somebody that I trust. You know, let's go fucking anywhere. Once I get that trust. You wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily trust a stranger to belay you. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly, because I don't know how to lead climb. And... Mm. I have been so out of practice with just like yeah. being on rope well, that I don't want to just like meet a fucking like random 23 year old who's like, oh, fucking so stoked about climbing and he's going to hit this route and that route and the other one tomorrow and just tagging along with him. I'm like, I don't know you. I was kind of wondering what you were getting at because like I would trust damn near anybody to belay me on a top rope. Yes. For anybody that's not a rock, a rock climber, like lead climbing is where you're climbing ahead of your last Right, and your partner acts as a counterpart in that weight Mm -hmm. so that if you slip, their weight keeps you balanced and you don't fall the weight down. It's a single point that you are like both relying on. Yeah. And you're it takes a lot of skill to be a a, to to be not only a lead climber but a lead belayer. Right. So I mean again, just if anybody doesn't know what these terms mean, a top rope is your typical like rock climbing gym setup. Right. You have yeah. one fixed point up top. Up top. And that's it. And it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, the whole way. Yep. Right? Yeah. That I will trust down here anymore. Anyone can Because I'm like, if the <laughs> fucking thing falls, like, I'm just going to hold onto this wall until somebody else gets up here with a I new mean, rope and ties me in, and I'll just hang. Frankly, even but if they didn't take up slack after the first, like, 30 seconds, at least you know they've taken up enough slack to where you're not going to hit the ground. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. At the very worst, you'll have a fucking whoo moment, but and you'll fucking you're, smack them all. Of your last point of protection, and you're trying to set the next point of protection. It, basically, the belayer has to be constantly giving rope and taking rope, giving right. rope, taking rope, and right. it's way more involved. Right? right. And if you get that flip, then like the guy on bottom becomes the guy on top. Mm-hmm. And if he's not properly trained to be lead, if you you're completely fucked. Because yeah, that guy has to work back up to that spot, and then you guys are next to each other, and you're both liable to fall and just smack each other, and just like put weight on that fucking thing and the next thing you know the fucking fucker comes out of the rock and you're both fucking dead like yeah you need basically both people to be trained to be a lead and you need to trust each other yeah, yeah. that's a big thing it's, to me like a, i wouldn't otherwise team yeah team thing okay. yeah that's why like i would love to maybe if it was 21 and i just like, <laughs> rolled up in a situation i saw a bunch of kids that were like we're going out tomorrow i'd be like fuck yeah let me go with you but nowadays i'm like yo no, i gotta know my people you know i I've, I've got just enough climbing experience to know that i'm 
Same here, you know. <laughs> After months of climbing indoors and a handful of climbs outside, I'm like, stay in your lane. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, like, I've, no. I've, I've literally got some, like, official, you know, climb site management training yeah. from CORE. I mean, we, right. we knew a bunch of people who did CORE. Right. That was part of what we learned. And we learned about, you know, mountaineering technique, you know, being, you know, leading a rope, a rope line and all this stuff. Yes, I learned a lot of this stuff. No, I have not been practicing. <laughs> exactly. It's been a year, dude. Yeah. Dude, it's been like five years. I didn't tell you. I fucked up my hand recently mm. with a fucking, I was battling a stubborn artichoke can. I'll tell you in a second. It fucking got gnarly, dude. I had this big ass, in my fucking, you know when you like, you cut a grape in half? Yeah. That's what this motherfucker Ooh, looked like. Gnarly. I fucking went into it, so I had to grab, grab a point of leverage, right? I had this shitty old can opener. I'm fucking going around it. And uh, there's like three points that don't do the thing. So I went and grabbed like the nearest flat fucking thing and I fucking wedged one out, turn it around, wedge the other fucker out. And then the last one was like sticking my fucking thumb out and the thing slipped and the fucking can was just like, the can lid, you know, the top was just like. Yeah, and jagged and sharp. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to get tetanus or some shit. Like, uh, scared yeah. about that, but like. I fucking just press it together and like the blood was fucking squirting. Uh, Somebody cleaned up after me and then my fucking chef came down and like fucking we sat in the bathroom. I sat on the toilet and he was like mm, tending to it and I was like, oh, I can tell just by the way you fucking grab my hand right now. You have some experience with this. Mm. We joked about it later. Um, he was like, yeah, man, we had this fucking Russian guy who was in this kitchen. Like one time he had a cut and it wasn't even as bad as that. And he just fainted on me. He was like, please just like, don't faint on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the fainter. I'm the oh, fainter. Shit. I can deal yeah. with anybody else's gruesome shit. Yeah. The moment I see my own. Yeah. I almost, I have to stare at it, man. I feel like I'm almost healing it just by looking by at look, it. You're like, I have to you're be like, I have to be I conscious. Have to, I have yeah. to gather my chi and focus it on you that fucking relax. thing. Like, yo, for real. Yeah. I'm like, like yeah. It and breathe. Hang out. Yeah. And it was rough, man. It was like a month of having my fucking shit mummified. And like, get your goddamn beer. Come back. All right, all right. Gonna stand there all night. Goddamn. I gotta take all this anyways. So let's let's we're gonna hit the pause. We might have to wrap her up because that air conditioner, that that AC needs to come back on. Are you like getting a little? Getting a little sweaty. Yeah. You're sitting next to a lady. That's true. That's true. True. That's true. And I run hot. My girl calls me Santa. Yo, he sweats all the time. Yo, why you gotta call me You're not even doing anything, and I'm like, you're sweet. You know what, you know what pitta is? Pitta? Uh, Pain in the ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right? That is exactly yeah, good what I was going to say. Good answer. No, it's like, uh, I think it's from like, uh, fucking yoga or whatever. It's like Sanskrit. And it's like when people say like, oh, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. there's whatever, the four elements in yoga and Sanskrit. And, uh, I'm trying to remember the see what the thermostat here says. 65% humidity, 80 nice. degrees. That Good ain't job. so bad. That's it's actually really like, nice. That's my Honestly, customary. that's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, dude, fucking at work, I fucking caught this fucking thermometer the other day. Guess how fucking hot it was at the cash register. Just guess. 
94. It was hot as shit now. Bump it up. 98. Hotter. 102. Hotter. 107. 104. Okay. Okay, now guess how hot it was where I was working the entire fucking day in front of the fucking burner. By the ovens and all that. Um, (laughs) Like a buck 70. It was like a buck thirty in the ambient okay. air. It was like a hundred and twenties, and I was like, I'm just not gonna look at it climb anymore. And if you I step any closer, like quick, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, I was literally baking. Sweet. But like we haven't, I say that day, but like we have been baking basically a one fifteen for the last like month. I'm ready for fall, man. For <sighs> Me fall. too. I like load the winter up there because it's fucking Chicago weather and it sucks. But like the day that I get to wear a hoodie while I'm working, yo. Game over. I'm gonna be like so cozy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna take a leak, but I'm thinking, why don't you tell the story about when we were building the pergola and how it all went wrong for a moment? It went wrong, but at the end it went right. And yeah, that's what we, happened. I mean, we got it. We got it situated. Well, it it started with us showing up fucking hungover in hell and me forgetting a water bottle. I remember that clearly. I also remember that shortly into that day, I had to go rock a piss, and I was like, thank God it's fucking lunchtime, because I've been holding this piss and shit in all day in the morning. And I was, you know, I, I was, you know, it was good. I was feeling a little rough at first, but it was good. And uh, we get to fucking setting this thing up, and we've got like three of the fucking eight by eights up. And we've got them like kind of sort of put together, and the motherfucker just starts slipping, and I was like, oh my God. And I did that one movement where like we try to fucking grab it. But it's so big, and you're just... So you just had to be helpless, and the fucking thing just fell on us. Fuck. Melissa looks at me, he's like, ah, fuck, I hope she's not home right now. I hope she didn't hear that. I was like, oh, no, me too. Like, uh, let's get this shit back up real quick. So we started, like, scrambling, fucking get it up. And we're like, good, okay, we're there. And we start, like, you know, putting shit together up top. He's on one side, I'm on the other. I think at that point I was just, like, holding the shit, and he's, like, on the other side fucking tacking some shit in or fucking drilling some shit in and the mother falls on us if I'm not correct if I'm not wrong a second time yeah it fell twice it falls a fucking second time and at that point I was just like oh shit sure enough she didn't come out later and we had to just let her know like yeah you know like we had this all set right it's good now everything is great like we're fucking we're setting the ground everything is Gucci oh boy yeah 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 you heard right it it fell down we had it's a moment okay. we had a moment I remember just like all of it being on the floor, just like that helpless look immediately afterwards. And we just look at each other and we're like, yeah, yeah, it, that happened. We we have to adjust now, but like, yup. Well, you that's know, <laughs> I think it's a good, that, that story is a good example of like, you don't need to know everything to get started. No. But maybe, no. maybe you should know one or two. Maybe you should watch a video beforehand. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're just going to build a pergola. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, totally. I'm like, you got everything? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost nailed it. Almost. We did. Uh, yeah. Took, we didn't strike out. Nope. nope. Like and uh, <laughs> we didn't have to sacrifice any, any lumber. Exactly. Know? That was the main thing. Nothing got salvaged. Those are like We didn't have to go out and buy new shit. Like and uh, we got paid, yeah. and, and the thing stands, and I'm sure they've done a good job with it. That bar was cool. Yeah. I'm sure they did some good shit with it. All right, so I'm thinking I'm going to wrap this bitch up mm-hmm. with a question. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. I'm going to say, um, if you could be emperor for a day, what would you do? You could only say do a couple things. Yeah. Try to keep it. Like right. three or four things. Yeah, like whatever. 
emperor, emperor of, for a day. of at, we'll say at least the country. Maybe the world. <laughs> um, if I was emperor for a day, my first order of business would be to say that an emperor is an emperor until he doesn't want to be emperor anymore. Bullshit answer. <laughs> not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to. Same thing as asking for more wishes. You only get three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't make it. Okay, okay. Days. See, I'm trying to test the boundaries of this. <laughs> the first thing I would do as an emperor is to test all the boundaries of all the things that I ever wanted to do. Fuck changing laws for anybody else. I'm just going to have a good ass time on my day as emperor and then go back to my regular life. I think, I think that just made a really good argument against <laughs> centralized control. You know, thank you for that. <laughs> Also, that's not exactly what. No, the second part was my absolute real answer. I just wanted to be a bullshit like (laughs) motherfucker, like shit the fucking final answer, millionaire. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Because like, I either want everything to change or nothing to change. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna have a good time. If I'm the emperor. Y'all can fuck off for telling me to be drunk in the street and pissing on a tree in the middle of the park. I'm going to do, do that, that on my day's emperor. You can do that without being the emperor. Yeah, sure I can, but not without going to jail. So, I mean, you're not going to do anything, man? Like, you're not gonna, what would you do? I'm thinking, uh, if I was emperor for a day, weed would definitely be made legal. Like, all drugs. Would <laughs> yeah. But then what if yeah, the if you're, that's the thing, if you're saying for a day... No, but then it's like after that you have to get then it back. What if the next emperor? What if the next emperor says no to those changes, things? Your changes stick. Perfect. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they stick. You get to be emperor for a day. I thought and your changes within the context stick. of a day, like whatever you do in that day is just for that day. You had all power. Oh, if I can power. rewrite the laws, then yeah, there's a hand for give me a fucking pen. Let's go. Uh, prostitution, drugs is legal. First things uh, first. First things first. <laughs> prostitution and drugs are all legal. All sex yeah, work, and all drugs are legal. Empowerment, like, and um, and part of it, yeah. and you know, like then, then I'd ask probably like my mother, "What's the law you want to throw in there?" And then my sister, <laughs> and those are the three. I'd run it out that way. I feel like they'd have some good ones to throw in there. Totally, too. totally. I'm sure they would have brilliant things that I, I didn't feel like even I think about. Get rid, of money. To. Like, get rid of money. Like, get rid of money. So what are you gonna replace it with? Hugs. 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 Bartering. I don't fucking care. I'm not not voting for you for emperor. You don't vote for an emperor. That's a whole fucking fucking thing. Sticks and stones over here. So now nobody has any money. Uh, No one ever gets any money again. You can't pay your whore with money no more. You can pay her with hugs. With hugs only. Yes! 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 Belly rubs, hugs, back rubs. Goddamn, I'm sure glad we don't like rotate who gets to be emperor. <laughs> y'all are terrible emperors. <laughs> Sorry, it was my first day on the job. What do you want me know, to maybe, do? Maybe I don't have gets experience. A car. I don't know. <laughs> everyone I'll throw, gets a car. I'll throw some other everyone stuff. Everyone gets a car. That's a fun you. one. You know what yeah. I think I would do? I would think. What would you think? I'm thinking nobody gets anything. <laughs> you don't want to be always thinking a bit about being emperor. Like, like, y'all can smoke all the fucking pot and snort the coke and shoot the heroin. But you ain't getting, getting nothing, nothing for free. You ain't Amen. Nothing. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> you know whatever you want, you want with what you fucking found or got or made, but mm-hmm. ain't getting nothing from me. <laughs> it's pretty like cool. Kind of give each other what they need. Yeah. That would be a more beautiful yeah. world. Now you're free to give each other whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking no, no more taxes. No more, no more drugs. Uh, yeah, taxes. no more taxes. Taxes exactly. would be a fun one. Yo, we were talking about property taxes up here. I'm like, ain't that a fucking bullshit idea? Yeah, you pay, you buy the thing, and then you still. And then you still have to pay. Doesn't it suck that when you're poor, you owe more money? <laughs> like, Doesn't it suck that that you, your government thinks that they own you as a slave and that they're entitled? They're to like, you must pay to live here. You must be just for just because you've made money. 
You owe us money. I've got a three-letter acronym that is burning all in the back of my head since I first found out about it, and right now I'm just going to spit it out to like let it out for HOA. Goddamn. We've talked about this concept before, but holy shit, is that a backwards ass, like, what? Sometimes I've heard, it, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard it said that sometimes the smallest form of government is the most tyrannical. Case that, in point, the HOA. Yeah, it's insane to me. The first time I found about that concept, it made sense within like an apartment concept, right? Where you have like, why would you pay for the roof if you're like the only guy that has the roof up top of you, right? The rest of those units, yeah, you should all be liable because it's all your roof. You should all pay to fix that roof together. Right. But for an individual, when it starts, it's an individual house yeah. on a plot of land to be governed by the same rules that an apartment would be. Sure. Yeah, I'll get the fuck out of here with that shit. Well, doing what I do, a lot of places you can't have vegetable garden. Yeah, yeah, so it's so insane. We have to either hide it, it fucking or hope that nobody complains. Exactly, you man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's ridiculous. Fucking vegetables. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's the yeah you have cucumbers <laughs> on your front lawn and you painted your house purple. You're calling that's illegal. Somebody that's illegal. Like, okay, yeah. What the fuck does it matter to uh, you? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my property values, you know, suck my dick. Yeah, your property value should be my your property. fucking property, useless ass fucking. Oh, Frankly, I'm going to just worrying, not get riled up over here. Quit worrying about your neighbors <laughs> keeping your property values up. Start yeah. worrying about the fact that your government is stealing a portion of your property every fucking year. Mm. Okay. That's a little more that is stealing your value. Your neighbor with the purple siding ain't stealing your value. Right. Your motherfucking government is. That's a fact. Maybe that's where we should call it a day, y'all. <laughs> Word. Are we all anarchists yet? There you go, dude. This has been Anarchy 101. I'm your professor, Dr. Engel. We're clearly, <laughs> real. We're clearly, we're clearly gonna keep hanging out. Um, but we do need to turn that AC unit back on. It's steamy in here. But you know what I didn't tell you guys yet? And I think you'll get a kick out of. Because I'm a little surprised. You know, I, I haven't been hiding this podcast, but I guess you're just not on Instagram these days. Right, right. So um, you haven't heard about it yet. But this this sort of interview series that I've been doing, I call it Three Beers Deep. Three I like that. Beers. It's the Three Beers that's, Deep that's series. That's right where I am. So yeah, that's that. right where we're all at, I'm pretty sure. Crack the third one there. You know, the, the concept being after about two or three beers, conversations kind of tend to get interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good Rock and roll, y'all. Nailed it. Uh, let's get that fucking AC running. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the EDPG podcast. Go eat a taqueria chingon on Western in Chicago. So, yeah, good, uh, fun little conversation with a good friend. Um, you know, I'm still getting my levels figured out. Uh, the audio there was not as good as I had hoped, but, you know, I figure it's good enough to share. Um, you know, I really do want to maintain sort of a high level of uh, quality when it comes to the content that I put out there. So I'm always trying to kind of make the quality of the audio better, but... You know, I'm 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 a novice with this stuff, guys. So it's gonna take a little figuring out. And uh, anywho, um, like I said, hope you enjoyed that one. You know, Angel and I don't agree on everything uh, by any means, but we we come at things from a certain uh, similar certain attitude. Of he's he's a very very loving 
person and a very understanding person. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just a great guy. He's been a huge help to me over the last couple of few years when I've needed extra hands on a project. You know, he's one of the, one of the guys that I can call up. And even though he lives, you know, three hours away, if I ask him, he'll, he'll be there, you know, and that's rare. There's not a lot of people that, that have that level of loyalty. So anyways, y'all, this has been episode 26 of the easy peasy podcast. You know, don't forget to check out Living Free in Tennessee. I was just on yesterday's episode of Living Free in Tennessee by Nicole Sauce. That's it's a really cool podcast. She talks a lot about homesteading and sustainable food and all, all kinds of stuff. She has a coffee roasting business. Um, so if you haven't already, check that one out. I thought that conversation was you know just just incredible uh really felt like we knocked that one out of the park so all right guys that's all for now thanks for listening i'll talk to you soon peace